Oh my goodness. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Phil's Recap and Review. This is going to be for The Walking Dead Season 9, Episode 3, Warning Signs. And I'm back, and I'll say this right off the bat for this episode. Let me turn down the music. I'll say this right off the bat for this particular episode. I think this was the best of this season so far. I think there was some stuff in this episode I really liked. A couple of individual shots, a couple of setups. The whole basis around a mystery happening and someone killed somebody or someone did something and then everyone discussing it and having to figure that out, I thought was pretty cool. Some of the breakdown discussions were neat and some of the shots, like when Maggie and Daryl are walking away uh, from, from the murder. If this is somewhat of a tone of the future of The Walking Dead, I don't mind the tone. The problem I have with this particular episode, and we're going to get into this in a second, was, again, a lot of the stuff that we're dealing with certain characters is characters I don't care about enough. I like everything to deal with some of our main characters, but I don't like the advertising of Rick's final two episodes. It's it's seeming that it's going to come out of nowhere. They're advertising that in the in the press, I don't care too much about the Oceanside people, so it, I had a tough time relating or like gravitating onto that. But for the most part, I will say that this was my favorite of the three episodes so far. I think this was the best one. But I am not. The first a, half was very fucking boring, dude. <laughs> but I'm not alone this evening. I have with me Joe Dirty Lux, who is very sick with strep throat, joining us tonight. He might not be able to join us for the whole podcast, so uh, so he hasn't been able to join us at all this year except for a what did joe think joe doesn't usually sound like this or look like this usually he's he he might be yawning but now joe is joe has a very unique tone to his voice and of course we're not alone we have the live motherfucking chat so i mean there is stuff to pick apart in this episode joe but did you think this was maybe a little bit better than the first two what are your take on the walking dead so far this season do you see any improvement what what are your thoughts from what you can put together right now Oh Jesus! I, no, there's no no improvement <laughs> so far. Um, I I don't really have much of a thought. It, it the first half of this episode was pretty boring. I didn't get much out of it. I enjoyed the uh, Carol getting taken. Yeah, the the robo the RoboCop section. I, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed that too. the end with yeah. the. The, the little the kill there the oceanside kill turning around yeah yeah and daryl walking walking away <laughs> ladies and gentlemen i don't think you realize how sick joe gets sick maybe once every five to ten years he is infected with the zombie plague right now but i i I guess what you're saying, Joe, I agree. I think those sections were actually felt like what i want the walking dead to feel like the part that, that being said, too, I didn't agree with you showed us the way this difference between like all the crimes that happened before the war to end all wars and rebuild society a year later. People want to know. Right? And then and then what happened with Gregory, which was actively trying to kill Maggie now. Right. Absolutely. Did you like right? there's a big difference? So uh, Tim Gersh dislikes just because there's no wharf. Corey Mitchell says, probably the best episode in the last couple of years. She's got to be controlled just as Vengeance or become the new Negan. Hello, Santovia. Great to see you. Is Wait, is Joe doing his Rick Grimes impression right now when he's talking? Is that what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's exactly what's happening right now. Joe's going to strip throat. Joe won't be on for too long. He can't talk much, and he's going to start fucking hacking up shit. Yeah, so. this, is, this is tougher than Joe thought. He, he, at first, he's like, I can do this. Uh, I'm going to make it. And... Uh, 
someone's asking me why. Who was that? Was that uh, was that Bertie is asking me why am I torturing Joe? I'm torturing Joe because I only get Joe every other week, and there was a mess up with the first week, so this is the first time we've had Joe. So I'm torturing him by ma- making him come out here and discuss this awesome episode of The Walking Dead. Killmonger says no. D, great to see D in the live chat. It was kind of lame, kind of boring. Why am I? You wanted me to cancel. Oh, she didn't want me to cancel. She said, did you call Phil and tell him you say? No, no. This, she... was, this was this morning, like right after I got yeah. home from the doctor when I was still really, really ill. And I was like, oh. Jo- <laughs> Joe know, probably well, told Katie Phil. that no, Phil said I had to do it. Fuck that. Fuck that guy. Uh, no, I, I wanted to do it. Oh, the fact that the Maggie 9000 had some personality tonight. Careful, Joe. You look ready for some mercy i mean joe put himself out here tonight guys atari dad says phil issues guy joe i know you said you didn't care much uh but for the all-out war arc in the comics or joe this is to joe but did you like did you like the current arc in the comics any better and about what's going on now joe do you have any memory of it i know you kind of quickly i've only gotten through this much of the uh comics (laughs) right here the three first three pendiums so so you don't follow it on a, a monthly or anything so when the fourth compendium comes out i'll i'll burn through that <laughs> so, so this stuff is pretty new to you there's this stuff isn't familiar and i have and i'm not familiar with this section of the comics i'm only familiar with the first hundred issues of the comics uh after it, that after that i sort of stopped to try to just experience the show on its own and i'll go back and some of this stuff is in the third compendium like after the war but it all goes into the whispers from there. Get better, Joe. We get some. Uh, we get some. Uh, I thought. I thought this Joe. Th- I thought this Joe. Uh, Johnny says I thought this episode was back to shit. <laughs> uh, Maggie has to be forgiven for Negan. It's time to see Negan. Oh, it's time to see Negan line was corny at the end. There was a lot of kind of corny stuff in there. Joe, get some Nyquil. Uh, <laughs> seeing maggie with an asian dude didn't seem right glenn too i stopped at negan so i gotta wonder why they didn't put holding cells at the bridge site i thought this episode was back to shit okay so thinking about last week's episode a little bit joe before we continue on to this one and you need to and you need to go and if you need to go at any point in time joe you can definitely go just let just let me know uh do you have any thoughts or any memories from last week's episode which was dealt with a lot of like love story kind of cross crosses and uh on the bridge. Uh, on the bridge, yeah, with everything in the bridge. Any any thoughts about last week's episode? It was. Uh, I did have some thoughts about it, but they were all horrible thoughts. I can't remember anything right now. I. That, that's I fine. That's like, fine. That's fine. I'm glad the, you're talking. The whole ring shit, right? It was all like, do you still have that ring? Yeah, yeah, that old ring. I'm uh, I, I don't blame you, Joe. Uh, I blocked out most of that, and you're sick, so I'm I'm just trying to challenge you. I can't you. remember what else happened, aside from the they had to rebuild the bridge, and Rick was trying to broker the deal. <laughs> Dwarf Burger says this is the best season in a while. I am loving it. Uh, what's up, Cadigate? Bernie says I turned on the show tonight. I didn't recognize most of the people. Daryl and Maggie have the same haircut. Rick and Carol couldn't keep straight faces delivering the crappy lines. I did think I noticed Andrew Lincoln counting down the seconds a couple times in this episode and kind of wanting to go through it. And I do think that the show is being obvious in the fact that they're trying to make the central points of stories, characters that aren't our main characters. And I know the overall feel and the overall 
point of this episode, the conclusion with Maggie and Daryl deciding, fuck the dictatorship, we're going to do things our way, and Rick contemplating whether I, every single day I think about killing Negan, every single day I think about killing Negan. Uh, but I think ultimately a lot of what dealt with this episode were the savior group as a whole and dealing with the thoughts of the Oceanside group about killing the saviors and their reflection on how everyone handles the battle at the top. It was a lower decks kind of feel. And I think if that's what The Walking Dead's going to be once Rick and Maggie disappear. It's going to be a lot of all Sarans talking. And here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> Joe, I love you. The, okay, not all the saviors needed to die. Some were more culpable than others. You sound like an old mafia guy. Listen, I'll, I'll give you an offer you can't refuse. Sorry. I feel like I sound like Gilbert Godfrey right now. <laughs> like after he's, after a few gigs where he's screaming like crazy. You know, you're not quite as uh, shreddy as Gilbert right now. But anyways, sorry to interrupt you, Joe. Hey, hey, we got King McKay in the live motherfucking chat. Great to see King McKay. Joe, put a heating pad on your peanut sack right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. So thinking about this moving forward, what do you think? How do you think Rick dies? Or because it, it might I was happen. Open after they go see Negan, and they kill him. They just shoot him to death right there in the cell. Don't even let him out. Like fish in a fucking barrel, <laughs> right? That Rick's just like, oh, I can't be here with you anymore. <laughs> well, that's you like goes back to Atlanta, <laughs> and and goes and sits in his easy chair, puts his legs up, and goes, I know that kid's not mine. <laughs> And it's done. So, so do you think it's going to be, it's going to be he's going to get killed by Maggie or Daryl, or do you think it's going to be something more of a Walker kill, or does you don't think? I think Rick dies. I think we're pretty sure, or I'm pretty sure Rick dies. <coughs> See, here's the thing. <laughs> In the books, Michonne, right after the war, and it's been about a year. She's been shacked up with, what's his name? King, what's... Ezekiel? Hiram, Ezekiel. <laughs> Hiram <High> Rock. <laughs> Talking to the Godfather again. So, she's like, I gotta go. And she, like, leaves, right? And we actually get a video game chapter that's about... Part of the time is about that that telltale mm -hmm. shown. Is about her walkabout after the war. So, I was hoping that maybe they take a page out of the book and just switch the character. I, I have a question about Rick that. Do that. I have a question about that, Joe. Is Michonne video game stuff? Is that show canon or is that comic canon or is it just in the show universe? I'm just in the That's video game universe. Comic canon, and what it is is it's in the comic book. She goes off on her own. Uh, she just leaves uh, after about a year of after the war mm -hmm. and she's been hooked up with King Ezekiel and she just like, I can't stay. I got to go. I got to leave. I can't be here anymore. And she leaves. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And so the, con the, the video game part is a piece of that, a time. piece of that timeline. Oh, it's okay, J Joe. I'm worried. I uh, bet Rick fights Negan to the death. He said he said it up tonight. Wolf bite. You heard it here first. Excuse me. Dwarf burger thinks that he dies defending Negan. 
And people are worried about you, Joe. Are you okay? Uh, Rick will die in a murder-suicide with Michonne. Like Judas. This is painful, says Bernie. I love you too, says Centovia. I bet Michonne is out out of here next season. She has that Marvel Universe thing. Joe better share the... Scissorp. Scissorp. Can we can we get some translate for Joe for me? It's uh Joe Joe's sick. That's the Joe sickness. Uh Clementine's story is also connected to the comic universe as well. So, Joe, before I let you go, because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep you here all night. You're welcome to stay for as long as you want, but if you want to go, like I said, if you want to go at any point, I fully understand it. Uh any other thoughts about this episode? Do did do you agree with the that this was better than the other two? And I do just just the fact like here's the thing. Rick should never have even gone up and asked Daryl that shit because yes, he would have fucking killed that dude. Right out in front of everybody. The sheer fact that they want to say Daryl did it, you're a fucking idiot. Right? Yeah. You're an absolute fucking idiot. He was going to kill him right there in the middle of camp. He wouldn't have just beat him beat him up. He would have beat him to death. Yeah, Daryl. That was last week, right? Yeah, that was last week. That shameless guy. That uh, black flag guy. Yep. Yeah. Rick. He would have. He would have killed him right then and there, right in front of everybody, because, you know, and <sighs> talking spit says, I enjoyed this, guys. Come on. I, I enjoyed this tonight's episode. I enjoyed the second half of this episode uh, at times a lot. I found myself getting into it and actually asking questions about what was going on in the scene rather than questioning what was happening. I, d- I definitely enjoyed this episode more than more than a lot of the other two episodes. I'm not going to this wasn't. I found last week's episode tremendously bad. I thought that was one of the worst in a while. And I th- I think this was an improvement. I, But I don't see how the show gets better long-term without Rick Grimes on it. Because, or Joe, do you I, disagree with that? You think it, it has I a chance, be- chance to get better without Rick? I do. I think it has a chance to get better without Rick. Um, see, I... It's not for me a show like this. It's never been about the characters. Like it's about all the char- It's not about each individual character at this point. It's they're about human. It's about same. They're all the same character. They're all zombie apocalypse survivors who've lost everything, who've lost someone, who've done things to get by bad things right they're all the same character pretty much so it's not necessarily about the individual character yeah there's differences there's personality differences there's leadership differences is fucking whatever but uh, <laughs> it's it's about sorry the humanity character getting on with it yeah it's it's kind of what rick it's was about- saying the apocalypse you know like and i would say i would add to that to say that i would add to that to say that because of the show's strengths and weaknesses and not necessarily having the exceptional strength to write detailed characters that make a lot of sense it's all in the actors performances that create that dynamic i think that having the characters be interchangeable could create some interesting senses moving forward too so i i definitely i definitely see what you're saying because when the characters ultimately become showpieces then we can get back to the maybe the the zombies or the the battle for humanity real threats coming into play but 
no shield but the over problem with that yeah. is you get to the point in the later Nightmare on Elm Street movies or something where where Freddy's the star and then you have these characters you don't care about because and they die and it doesn't mean anything the Nightmare on Elm Street part three and one are the best ones because you care about the characters before they die and I think what The Walking Dead did well early was understood characters and I think in the later seasons they don't take the time to develop them quite as well and I think within that definition I agree with you but I, I still think early on what made the show because they still had so much invested in the main group mm-hmm. they can't allow for others to become vested the groups become too big and then who do you kill you don't kill your main group which they held off so long killing any of them you yeah. know and they still four or five of them or whatever three of them yeah, a few, uh, Carol, Carol, Rick, Maggie, four Rick, of Maggie, them. yeah, and uh, Carol. Carol, Maggie, Rick, Daryl. Yeah, four. Carol, Maggie, yeah, Rick, Daryl, four of them. Uh, soon to be, soon to be three. Soon to be two when Rick and uh, Maggie go go a missing. So let's go in the live chat for a second. Joe is JSSing right now. Atari Dad says balls of fury guy will save the show. Atari Dad, I also agree the mystery aspect did carry this episode and make it more interesting. The season is going to be good if there's more killing. Cadgett says this episode was just another mundane Walking Dead episode. Really, nothing shocking or surprising. Tim Gurr says right. no. That's jo- what I thought. Uh, like like you say, like was it better than the rest? Yes, because like she said, it was so mundane. There wasn't even anything that I was like, oh my God, that's so stupid. With the exception of that Rick had to go talk to Daryl about it. But in that talk, he had one good line. You know, just try. It might be the best decision you ever made, like not killing that guy on the rooftop that left your brother to die. And uh, we got we got Dig Taka in the live motherfucking chat. Great to see you. Haven't seen you in a while, buddy. Lots of love to you. And here we go. Let's go, dear Joe. Give your sick give your sick rant and just go to bed. Dab and the saviors. Is that long claw behind Joe? Yes, it is. And I don't think I don't think I don't want to talk too much about the whispers stuff. Uh, just to save that, but I I. I don't think that will happen. I think we'll get the hint of that for at the end of this season into the back half. And I think that the whispers will be the arc in the second half of this season, maybe even pushing off to next season. But I don't know. Like these ratings keep dipping. And I know there's, it's still, it's still the number one show in AMC and still one of the number one rated programs. So there's nothing to cry about yet when it comes to the ratings of the walking dead, but though the ratings do keep going down, but I expect the ratings to be up in the next two weeks for the final two episodes of Rick Grimes. I would be I would be surprised if they don't get a little bit of a bump, especially in that last episode. That's why they're advertising. <laughs> yes, exactly, Joe. Rick Grimes. <laughs> that that is why they're advertising it. And I think I think it's sad to see them advertising that because it would have I don't I don't know how it's gonna happen yet. I don't want to spend too much time dwelling on this, but it would have been more effective if somehow yeah, keep it they a secret. Keep it a secret. You kill a motherfucker and it makes everybody that left come back the next week. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, they and then you got the seventeen billion people again. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody's coming back. Nobody's coming back to maybe to see Rick Grimes' last up. Maybe. I doubt it. No. This is just to hold on to the people they got. <laughs> Chalk says maybe Rick's fate is a wakes up and everything's a dream. The uh, the new heart thing. Dig Taka says it's a shame they won't get there, Phil. At the time Gregory's trying to kill Maggie was right at the whisper storyline. 
and and it's it's almost like they have to reset the deck of that because of losing Carl and now losing Rick too. So they have to figure out new ways and new characters to fill in the gaps there. But I think that's what they're hoping is going to be their big thing, big that's going to get people talking again when we get to that. So I guess there's no more foreplay to this, Joe. Uh, it's about time to start. I mean, I don't know if this is your this is your escape time, but let's get into this. Recap this shit. Let's recap. Uh, strip throat, John. Let's get into this fucking recap shit right now, Joe. I don't. I don't even. I'm not even gonna go big. Recap. There we. There we go. <laughs> so we open up, and we get this cross the street sign and we see a walker over a sign and then we see a fenced in area and we focus on something new. We see bunghole. Uh, oh no, someone asked to do walkers eat bungholes and then eating several people and it gets up as our main ones walk towards the body and then past it. That person's foot switches and it's the dude from last week with where he's surprised he's a walker and it's a message saying final warning and I said best intro of the season. The one thing that I did want to remark about is that we get that music that it's a big surprise that he turning into a walker at this point nine season in is it really should we get surprise music when someone turns from human into zombie it's really it's like this big intense dun 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 oh, at this point it's that someone turned him into a zombie right it's it's what happened it sets up it sets up the mystery of the episode but someone has a question it, why would you turn him into a zombie like creating more zombies is just bad policy Oh, like, I understand you want to torture him, but guess what? He's dead. You should have just cut off all his fucking fingers, punched out his fucking teeth with a, or like hit him out with a bat or something, you know, like really like cut his testicles off or whatever you want to do. Fucking beat him with that schlong that we've all seen in Shameless. <laughs> like, but turning him into a zombie only puts you at risk later. Oh my goodness! Uh, sorry, every time you, every time I do that, the same intro and that little kid eating out of the toilet. Oh, gross. Okay, Joe. So someone has someone has a comment for you. This is this is from uh, Ngiana. You're not saving the world, Ray. You're just getting it ready for me. Sorry, Negan just wanted to say hi, Joe. He may he he's missed you. <laughs> Negan's missed you. He's he's uh, sitting in a cell waiting for you, Joe. He can't wait to get back on his television screen entertaining you. He's uh, it's people are gonna be so happy when Negan hits the scene. So uh, we'll we'll talk more about that at the end. But uh, someone says, Joe, don't leave us, please don't leave us. We got Cynthia, cynical, cyn cynical Lindsay. I keep saying Cynthia because this CY, cynical Lindsay in the live motherfucking chat. Great to see her, Atari Dad. Just to complete your Newhart analogy, Andrew Lincoln's character from Love Actually can actually wake up next to Kira Knightley. Thank you. <laughs> that, that'd be great. This is my, this is speaking of Daryl and his brother Daryl and his other brother Daryl. He got mentioned tonight. Uh, is anyone else tired of these motherfucking characters doing this motherfucking flip flops? Literally in this episode, Maggie and Maggie and Daryl had had like we we saw like several flip flops. You know what? We should totally get on board with Rick and make sense. He probably makes sense for my kid. You know, we should kind of do things his way. To by the end of the episode, walking through, you know what? Rick's full of shit, and after, and we should totally break in and kill Negan. And as we saw in the preview for next week, Daryl for some reason gets into a fist fight with Rick too. Let's let's attack Rick and distract him while I while I go and kill Negan. Okay, well, why don't you do that? And then it just flips. Daryl, it's hard to just understand where his real personality lies, Joe. What 
what does Daryl really care or want? Is or is he just as flimsy as the wind? And because of growing up with a brother like Merle, and it's interesting to actually talk about some Walking Dead shit instead of talking about it be shit. Is Daryl so Darryl fucked up because of Merle? in a small group that he knows is a just group that will do what it takes to survive as long as they do the right thing. And this bigger society isn't something that Daryl's ever fit into. And he's not a leader. He's been put in a role as a role model that he's not used to. You've completely removed Daryl from his comfort zone. He's, he's a scout. He's a fucking, you know, he's a rogue. He should be out there fucking roguing. Yeah, yeah, he's not, uh, not, not playing fucking leader of people he wants to kill for a year. What? <clears throat> Lindsay says, "Who's willing to bet that Maggie and Daryl will have a moment of clarity about Rick's philosophy as soon as he dies?" I thought Merle was fucking cool as his category. Daryl has major post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, Lindsay also says Merle was far more interesting than Daryl. I I agree with that and. I think some of the problem was I would have liked to see a little bit more time spent with the two of them together and getting more of a feel of the dynamic of their relationship to develop more of who Daryl no, is. I know that dynamic. The, you played the video game, that that awful video game with the two of them talking all the time. But no, we I know, and I do too. I know the dynamic too. I just, I guess I just love uh, the actor that plays Merle. I enjoy him see, on screen. That was the best thing that ever happened. Like the... Nobody ever stood up to Merle in Daryl's life. And that, when Rick did that, and it wasn't just, you know, for Daryl, it was for those people that he didn't know, you know, that I think it, he's, you know, he saw something that's so long ago that he was like, oh. This is someone I admire, you know, this is someone that's going to do the right thing. Not just the thing for himself. <clears throat> Great to see Lady Laura Dane in the live motherfucking chat. Yeah, and I agree. I think that is that is part of the reason why he ingrained himself. And I guess that's my point kind of that Daryl is always needs to have a lead person that he that he caters to. It's hard to assess what Daryl really would want to be doing, but I think you hit on Darryl's it. Daryl's used to being a number a number two. Yep. He's always been in Merle's shadow or alone. And he thrives when he's alone or when he's and not even that he, a number two, you know, but like with Rick, he's always had equal input, you mm-hmm. know. And or at least the illusion always been like you, you or at least the illusion of right. it. I think Rick does a good job at making his subordinates, so to speak, feel, feel have the illusion of of having a deciding point where ultimately it's what Rick wants, and when Rick doesn't get what he wants, he goes "fuck you," I'm doing what I want. And I think that's the case in this Negan situation. Which, again, I appreciate that we can actually talk about this. I don't understand completely Rick's rationale. For, of keeping Negan, of alive. Keeping Negan no. alive, it makes zero sense. We're gonna, zero get, we're, sense. Gonna play, we're gonna play it later, but it makes zero sense zero because sense. we need to worry about the group. And I thought about all the people that died, and so I thought I can't no. kill again. No. Zero sense doesn't make any sense. What the no. flying fuck is he talking Just about? Like these girls said, no, no, no. Simon showed up, not Negan. Simon showed up with his group, and Simon had this woman kill and that other dude kill. 
people, my grandmother's husbands. And so we killed them. We don't need to kill any of the other saviors. And that's the thing. Not all the saviors were out there killing people. You know? So kill the people responsible for it. You don't kill all the fucking foot soldier Nazis after the war. You know? As much as you'd like to, you don't. (laughs) You kill all the top officers that made the foot soldiers do the horrible fucking shit upon penalty of death. And sorry, I'm reading the live chat too. Well, but that being said, this this chick took fucking personal joy. Right, she took joy in killing that little boy. Right, and she didn't deny it. She she definitely did. I I was on. I, they made the right decision in that moment. It's a tough thing to say, but it's. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought that was interestingly done. I just wish it was. It was a. There was. I wish I cared more about the Oceanside people, and I wish she was. I, and, I I wish she, and I wish. And I wish. And I wish she was. A, I wish she was a better actress. It, she did. She didn't sell it quite for me, but but I think it was a good setup. I dig her. I, I, thing is, is I just wish that Maggie or Daryl would have said not the same thing. No, Gregory they... tried to actively kill me that night. Yeah, I... that shit happened a year ago. Pre-war, right? Pre- it, settlement. There was Pre- a there was a war going on. I mean, ultimately, they didn't cater into saying it's okay what you did until they got into the whole. Well, you took too much enjoyment on it. You started touching yourself while you were doing it and smiling and going oh, right. freaky and being like, "Oh yeah, baby, I love murder," and turning into uh, Freddy Krueger or some shit like that. Let's jump in the live chat. Why did AMC raise Norman Reedus's pay so high? Uh, what is he going to do when The Walking Dead's over? World's dirtiest jobs. He's going to get his own another bike show on uh, on AMC. Corey says it would have made more sense to have Morgan talk to talk Rick into keeping Negan alive than just Rick being like, I love you, Negan. And I, I agree, too. I think it came too quick. They talk about quick heel turns and in, in wrestling or something. This was such a quick, a quick good turn or suddenly I, someone said this last week. It might have been Bernie or if I'm not giving the uh, correct, correct assessment. But it's like when you kill a million foot soldiers or it might have been you and the what did Joe think, Joe, and. And then I killed a million of your foot soldiers, Negan. But in this one moment, I need to make a stand and not kill you and keep you alive right. for some fucking reason. Because <laughs> because you're you're an actor that makes a lot of money and have your fans. It that makes bring, no sense. It makes zero sense. Why Negan? I will kill all the foot soldiers up to the last guy. Except for you, Negan. You're under arrest. Yeah, like, yeah. But you're under arrest. You're going to jail, the poor Negan. bastards making a paycheck going yeah. home to their wives. <laughs> because you made spaghetti with my kid, you fucking sick prick. Fuck you. Uh, I'm going to keep you alive. It's going to be worse, and I swear you'll never get out. Uh, Lindsay, uh, Lindsay, Lindsay says, sorry, Cyn- cynical Lindsay. I was going to say Cynthia again, and that's why I'm saying damn. Not like, not like, oh, Lindsay said a comment again. I have to read it. Oh, damn. That's what I don't understand. Simon is the one responsible for the death of their men. The main bad guy is dead. Atari Dad says, on The Talking Dead, they discussed the real reasons he's keeping Negan alive was just to lord over him, how everyone uh, is getting along just fine without him. So it's more of a sick, prickish sort of moment that he's doing it just to whip his dick out and slap it across Negan's face a bunch of times even more stupid then on, yep. on Rick's part even more of a stupid reason and why hasn't any of the other characters called him out on that yeah <laughs> hopefully hopefully Maggie will in this whole confrontation that happens in these final two episodes which I'm actually excited to see Norma Reedus is they're not wasting time the only thing the best thing I'll say about the changeover of 
leadership in The Walking Dead so far, something I notice, it seems like uh, with the new showrunner, she wants to get things done a little quicker. And whether the same level of writing can sometimes be stupid and draggy and some of the well, sounds. She was handed a shit show. And, but, and she's cleaning it up quick or trying to clean it up quick in the sense. And not just in the, in the writing and plot line, but she was handed a shit show of a show, right, that had declining ratings and then was told shortly after, oh, you're losing Rick. And then, oh, you're losing Maggie. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, she, and, and I like how they're not wasting any time to get to the point where four episodes in next week and they're going after Negan. It's not waiting 20 episodes of three days at a time to see sweat roll down Maggie's face as she considers the options of killing Negan. I know it seemed like some flip flops, and it's absolutely right what what Lindsay was saying. It's been a shit ton of flip-flops, but I'm glad that they're at least getting to the business of having this happen in episode four instead of, I mean, it could be a victim of having to ha do this early because Rick, because Andrew Lincoln's like, get me the fuck out of here. I want to out in six episodes. Well, Andrew, we can kind of spread your six episodes throughout the season. No, get me off of here as soon as you fucking can. Get me off this show now is what Andrew Lincoln apparently said because they can't get him off. Wait, that sounds wrong. They can't get him off fast enough off the show. I can't quit you, baby. Norman Reedus is going to be fine since Atari Dad. He's getting his hands on some of that Hideo Kojimi, Kojimi money. Rick is doing what is right. Simon expunge. Yeah, the power of Carl. It is the power of Carl, dork. Lady Laura Dane says, is this shit for a show over already? Ah, uh, no, 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 no. It's still so early in the season. It's uh, three episodes in, and it... Hopefully we'll be over after this season, but I could see them trying to pull off 10 seasons. Hopefully they'll end at 10, even though there's talks of we could go a million years with this. I love how they're like, we have to be true to the comic storyline right after the kill off Abe and Carl says Dig Taka. I wonder if the ratings are going to be even lower this episode. Episode two is at a 2.0 in the key demo. Not fucking good. Joe seems to be getting better. I feel his lungs are fine. I th Joe has warmed up a little bit. I agree. He's uh. He's uh as time goes on, he's hit, he's hitting a good good stretch. Right when we say that, he's gonna he's gonna fall down. He's gonna be like, "Fuck you guys, I'm not doing good at all. I'm leaving." And Rick will regret leaving the show. Andrew Lincoln will regret leaving the show. Says Dwarf Burger. Negan's release will have to be Maggie. Somehow will Negan save Maggie's life and they'll be friends. Casey Atheist, great to see you, buddy. I highly doubt there'll be a payoff to Negan Phil. They can't do a payoff to save their fucking asses, <laughs> Lindsay. You're fucking right. <laughs> Two points to Lindsay. So, okay, so we come back in on the episode. And and if people don't know, Norman Reedus is starring is in this bizarre game called Death Stranded, produced by the Metal Gear creator. Oh, interesting. That I, I think uh, I think Norman Reedus will be will be good for video games. I think him doing some video game voice work would be cool for him in the future. So Back, uh, Rick puts his boots on and Andrew Lincoln's counting the seconds till he's done. He kisses his sleeping Michonne and he sees his baby dreaming, but baby coughs. And Joe, I agree with you 100%. The beginning of this episode, all of this shit was boring as hell. I think the end of this episode was good. If you keep that pace through a whole episode, I'll come out here and say this was a good episode beginning to end. The beginning of this episode is slow as shit and not good. And it's not even about being slow. It was just not good. And kind of cheesy. So he heads in and he 
grabs a tomato. He grabs a tomato. Carl's grave, because yep. he should have the first ripe tomato. Carl, oh, Carl. Mm-mm-mm. They're using his face, too. Hey, dude, we got Amanda Kane in the live chat. Amanda's been busy but wanted to come check out a live show. Great to see and then, Amanda. And then the imagery at the end. Did you catch it? So there was a lot about the tomatoes. Oh, it's all about the tomatoes. Tomato Rick put on the grave. Then there was the tomato fuckface took from the, the cart. <laughs> and then there was the trampled on tomato. Oh, trampled end. on the attack of the killer tomatoes. That Rick saw. What does the Rick. tomatoes mean? Is it is it is it like in The Godfather where oranges symbolize the coming metaphor. of death? Is it is a fucking metaphor, dude? Carl's dream is dead. It's about Carl dying. It's about the future being fucking over, dude. It sucks. It's about everything sucking, dude. Great to see everyone in the live chat. It's a tomato, dude. Fucking tomato. Yeah, my name is Mud from Billy from. Uh... Okay, I'm I'm sorry. I like this actor. He's been in a couple of things I like. Uh, the main actor that we get in the little savior group, the one that Entourage. yeah, Entourage. He was also in that. He's in what was fucking show he, that he was on soon. He, was it in? He was in that uh, Biggie and Tupac uh, detective show that was on uh, last year as well. I like him, but I never think he's kind of one of those actors that brings me out of it because I never buy his commitment to the acting, and I think he's just funny. I think the I think he's like a funny personality, and I like seeing him on The Walking Dead. He adds some he adds an interesting dynamic. He's a good face for the saviors right now. But I keep seeing Billy from Entourage every time he's on screen. I'm like, oh, there's Billy from Entourage. Nope. Are you gonna direct Medellin with Vince? What do you think of uh, What do you think of fucking? Uh, the show on Netflix. I'm blanking. The Narcos. Did you did you ever think that there would really be a? Uh, no. I keep wanting to ask him entourage questions. So the tomato is the rating of the episode. But he is a good actor. I like the name is Mud Guy, and I'm, I enjoy I enjoy him and most things he's in. So the m- music is foreboding and this slow, and he grabs a tomato. As we come back in, he talks to Michonne, and I'm sorry. Part of the beginning of this episode and the reason why it sucks is because Michonne and and Andrew Lincoln, Michonne and Andrew Lincoln, uh, Michonne and Rick Grimes have zero on-screen chemistry. Zero. And listening to them talk and have romantic gestures to each other, for whatever it's worth, just does not work for me. Both actors seem like they're like, ooh, like they like they are uncomfortable in playing romantic situations. Whereas if you look at some of the other romantic situations in the last episode, even with uh, with. Jadis and and Father Gabriel or Carol and Ezekiel, I think both of them have more chem- chemistry. I think almost Laurie and Rick had more chemistry. Uh, obviously, Shane and Laurie had more chemistry, and or Daryl and Carol had more chemistry. There's just something that doesn't work about these two actors in a romantic sense. That's just very like almost off-putting to me at times. It feels slow and boring, and I ne- and I don't believe it. It reminds me of it reminds me of Anakin and Padme in the Star Wars prequel movies. I love you so much, Joe. You are like my favorite person ever, and I never want to be without you. Hmm. Please don't, never miss another episode. <laughs> and <laughs> so let's listen to a little bit of this shit. My mind won't shut off. You? Not bad. (laughs) 
and there's just a lot of i'm sorry i can't even listen to it i can't even do it joe i can't fucking do it and then let's listen to some more this this let's get to the point of this where michonne's taught michonne is writing the laws of our land and Rick wants her to take a break from writing the laws of the land so they can have some nookie. And also, Michonne's not sure Daryl and Maggie are quite there yet. But she's still angry. Morning wood. <laughs> yeah, Rick's waking up with some morning wood. He walked out. He ate a tomato. He's feeling. He's feeling frisky. Give the tomato to Carl. Yeah, <sighs> he's, he ate Carl. He Carl fertilized that. That's some good fertilizer. Daryl. Maybe others. Oh, you want me to go? I want it to work. I will. It will. Even if everyone isn't all in yet, they'll get there. Okay, I can't do it. I can't listen to this shit again. But Rick is confident that things will work out. And it almost to me seems... I wonder if it's going to be somehow this is going to cost Rick his life on some ways. Or it's going to be a chance incident. Because he's staying so strong to this. And it almost shouts out to me as Rick's urgency about everything working out, everyone getting along, we got to integrate the saviors, everything has to work out, is the the stupid thing that the, he has to do to make it okay to make him die. So uh, let's let's continue. Bliss says, I would rather watch my parents kissing over and over again than Rick and Michelle. <laughs> <They've>... <laughs> Ew. Thank you. Thank you for loving me. For what? Rick and Michonne had chemistry when they were in prison, when they were on the road, when they were friends. I agree with that. And because of the reason they had they had friendship chemistry, the Rock and Dead writers were like, well, they have a good friendship chemistry, so we got to get Rick a girl, so let's let's do this. But, but and I agree. I think when they first met and they kind of talked some shit to each other, they did have a cool chemistry. But I would have rather Rick stayed asexual. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. So I... I don't need a lot of romance on The Walking Dead. It does. Right. It's, it's it's just not a show that I think pulls that off well. He had more things to worry about than yeah. Michonne. Yeah, it's it's uh it's 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 dirty. It's he, dirty out there. He needed to be married to his kids in the group. Yep, and married to his job. So uh, so then they kiss and it's like strangers, and then uh, then they have this 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 thing right here, whatever this is. Whatever this is, Phil, play it. You want me to stop creating the foundations of a new civilization? Well, I can think of another way to build for the future. And then it's a laser shoot Larry mo moment. So then we go off to Maggie in the back of well a... Well done, Phil. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was well, well strung. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> you were... Anyways, so we go off to Maggie in the back of a carriage with some dude. And some other dude comes out of the a a woods with an axe. And he's got a few folks with him. And it's a few saviors. And, uh... Did you think that was going there first? <laughs> and... I don't want to... I'm and I was just like, whoa. I had to take a double, like, a double take for a second. Because I think he just looked very much like an older Glenn. <laughs> And I'm not even, you know, 
just saying i thought it was glenn at first i thought maybe we're having like a a dream moment with maggie or something of what she thought the future would be oh jesse and uh, jesse was good with rick they did have some good chemistry i forgot about jesse what does everyone think jesse. of uh oh, right. the yeah the girl whose husband he ended up that was fucking awesome that was that was the last arc i've loved on the walking dead there's been there's there's been some okay episodes since then, but I think that was the last great arc on The Walking Dead that they've done. Morgan shows up like what? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Uh, oh, did you, what does everyone think about not Glenn's TikTok? I said to answer your question, Joe. It, and uh, uh, Dwarf Burger said Maggie uh, Maggie digs Asian guys. That's, I'm glad you think that big, but no, that's not what I was saying. I was thinking it was a dream sequence older in the future what she thought and then i realized it wasn't and, yeah and uh where is dwight i think dwight the actor has left the show and they don't want to explain why he's why he's that why his uh his absence i believe uh not... no dr dre oh no dwight yeah dr dre and uh just keep he played dr dre didn't he the kid from 24 no 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 not not uh not what's his name fucking uh i know who you're talking about not that dude uh it begins with an h whatever whatever his name was uh begin begin with an h uh no uh dwight is the dude with blonde hair the other the redneck dude from last season the the dude the daryl uh the other guy with the bow and arrow and all right and uh, Mud called him uh, Kimasabi. What's up, uh, Austin? Where is Dwight? Just kidding. Phil, you know uh, I hate having the popular opinion, right? Tom Heath, thank you. Heath is who you're looking for, Joe, or who I was looking for. Thank you, guys. Yeah, Heath, he was in uh, 24. I wonder if Heath right. will come back. So Heath <clears throat> and uh, Dwight are alone at some other area. But I don't think they've mentioned, to answer the Dwight question, I don't think they've mentioned where Dwight's been yet. I think I think he went off to look for his girl. Did he say that la at the end of last season? Is that where Dwight went? No, yeah, Daryl. Yeah, Daryl let Dwight leave. He did leave. Let him leave to go try to look for his girl. Leanna Finn, good, great to see you. Great to have Joe back. It is great to have Joe back. Sick or not, it's always better to have Joe here. Uh, Tom himself says, "I hate to have the popular opinion, but." 24 failed <laughs> to the new 20. I didn't even get a chance to watch the new 24. I did. I enjoyed 24. 12 failed. Yeah. 12, 12 was bad. I don't, I don't go into 24. Uh, one of the darkest points on our channel was uh, me making Joe uh, review 12 episodes of uh, Best part about that was Catelyn Stark. Catelyn Stark was really good on that like show. Her, uh, yeah. Like Spoiler brain. alert. She dies on that. What who gives shit about 24? Everyone dies in fucking 24. But uh, if, unless you're Jack Bauer, but, uh, but yes, if you want to watch Joe be tortured, like a, like a early on in our podcasting days, you can go back in the channel and watch Joe and I review 12 episodes <laughs> of 20 of 24 live another day and watch Joe like, Oh, what am I doing here? Whoa. What the fuck am I doing? <coughs> Joe is Joe is the best. It is all Chloe's fault. It's always Chloe's fault. Okay. So let's listen to a little bit of Billy from entourage here. Check out this scene. Bye. Uh, now. Why aren't you at the bridge? We're looking for a friend who went missing last night. You know anything about that? No. Just getting here. What you got in the bed? Hilltop's half of the deal for the ethanol. 
shipment we never got. Yeah, that went missing, too. Along with the people bringing it. You know anything about that? I wish I did. I want that fuel. Now, Joe, do you think the Saviors... Do you think the saviors have a right to be pissed in this situation in any way? Do they have any leg to stand on? Um, I guess anybody who's friends with the people who have disappeared have a right to be pissed that their people have disappeared, right? Yeah. But why would you automatically assume that a year in, a year later that? Maggie, yeah, why are you antagonizing Maggie for no fucking reason? Why are you being a dick about it? Right. Yeah, Maggie fucking kidnapped big fucking swing dick over there and took him out back and shot him with an arrow. Sure. And no, Daryl would have fucking... <clears throat> Daryl would have just fucking done it in front of everybody. <clears throat> he would have just killed him right in front of everybody. Oh my goodness! Some some preview love for Game of Thrones stuff in the live chat. Can't wait till 2019 with the Sansa was. This is setting up the Saviors and Maggie for being friends. I agree with that. I think somehow somehow this is leading to a point. I agree with you. Uh, uh, can I just call you your, by your fucking real name, Dwarf Burger? I, I, I agree with Dwarf Burger on this one. I think this is setting up ultimately for Maggie and Negan to have to team up by the end of the season on something. I don't know when Maggie's off the show, or at least. Negan teaming up and leading our band, our group of whatever's left of our group is going to be headed up by Negan because he's the only one fucked up enough to stop the fucked up problem that's going to come up at the end of this season. And and all this shit that's going on, like with Jadis, with the kidnapping people, we haven't even got into that, which I definitely very much enjoy that aspect of it. Everything with it's the, this episode is probably the most I've enjoyed Jadis and uh, even though it was a little bit oh i'm a bad guy a spy but that a b shit had me interested it had my tongue salivating like what's the a what's the b i want to know about this and for the first time in a while i was actually a little intrigued by something on the walking dead and explaining them and that's what i mean where this this show creator seems showrunner seems to be a little bit more focused on getting shit done we're actually finding out about what's that finally getting more excuse me, more of a connection to the helicopter and not wasting any time, not dragging Jadis's bullshit on for a whole half a season or a few episodes actually getting to the point and even not making her have to lie, having what's-his-name uh, get right in her face afterwards, even though that was such a stupid television moment. We'll get to that a little bit later, but when some... Ray, when someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. When someone asks you, are you in with me? Are you going to be in with me? You can't say anything. We got to go back to camp. You never in that moment say, say, oh, I'm going to totally tell Rick. I totally have to tell Rick. There's, uh, you lie to her in that moment. You say to her, yes, of course I'm on your side. And then you go and you tell Rick. You don't say to her in that moment, fuck you. I'm on your side. I'm sorry. In that moment... He just shows how stupid that guy is. But yeah, the classic Game of Thrones blunder. Yeah, it's stupid. It's it's the classic. It's it's another. We could do that. Could be added to our second trope. Our second trope list, Joe. That's that's just a bad one. <laughs> it's AB stands for Aryan Brotherhood. Uh, they're from Oz, and they're uh, the they're they're going with Vern Schillinger in the in prison, right? Uh, right, Tim. 
<laughs> some some Oz stuff. Oh, we got Big Kev who gave us a super chat donation. What the fuck is up? I think Daryl needs to fuck Maggie. She seems frustrated. Her special needs to get to Rosita and have a shower scene. She'll feel better. Big Kev. Holy shit. Big Kev gets a spin of the wheel for that super chat donation though. Big Kev, you're the man. Buddy home. He will talk her down and turn against his iron brotherhood. Uh... Phil, no, you know Jadis is a freak of the sacks and Johnny Rico. Uh, sometimes I whip my wiener around in circles, hoping to get it fast enough to fly away like a helicopter's Atari dad. Holy shit. Jadis knows the three circles of applesauce. Phil, Gabe is too stupid to know to keep his mouth shut, says Centovia. They're going to get themselves a helicopter. I hope so. I hope this all ends with them getting themselves a helicopter. And maybe that's where Ma I, Maggie won't die. She'll go off somewhere in the helicopter. But I doubt it. I think Maggie's going to die too. Uh, but I agree. Gabriel is far too stupid. I gave him too much credit in that moment, Centovia. So we go back to Rick and the doctor and baby Judith, and we get a happy-go-lucky montage that, again, this reminded me of Star Wars Attack of the Clones, the section where, where Anakin and Padme are in the fields, and they're just loving everything, and everyone's having a happy-go-lucky time. It's a day off. They're packing a week into a day. Okay. Are you sure? One, I want Daddy. two, three. Oh! Wow! All we ever wanted was everything. All we ever got. Doesn't that make you feel happy, Joe? Isn't that happy music? Don't you feel more? Doesn't that just warm your your cold heart up on the up on the mountain of Who Mountain? Isn't this beautiful? Into a day. <laughs> I don't know. This is bad to me. I'm so, <coughs> I'm sorry. This was re that was really poorly done to me. I guess. Maybe this is where I'm going to get fanboyism and call me out on my fanboyism if you want. I'm a card-carrying member of the Better Call Saul fanboyism. Coming off a season of some of the best montages I've seen ever on television, and I don't like comparing shows. It's tough to see a show do such a cheesy, silly, pointless, loserish montage like this where we've come off a show that basically redefines the montage, musical montage scene. But whatever, that's that's my fanboyism. Call me out. It's fine. I'm a fa I'm a fucking fanboy. Whatever. So it's good. Do you know when you know when it's good to be a fan? Okay to be a fanboy when something's awesome. <laughs> that's when it's okay. Uh, uh, Joe, do you need to go? Joe, I know you're. I know you want to tough this out, but but seriously, dude, go 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 to bed if you have to. Uh, so. Or take a break and then come back if you want to. So, dude explains a... Okay, so then we get this whole sh fucking spiel. This whole fucking spiel. Play it. What is this fucking shit? Play it. You fucking... Someone definitely took him out. So we find out that the savior guy is dead and they find out that he got took, taken out beforehand. So it sets up this big, weird mystery. Then we come back in and we hear arguing. We hear TV mobs arguing about bullshit. Let's listen to a little bit of this. Dear Phil, it's never okay to be a fanboy. Lindsay says, agreed, Phil. Better Call Saul is the king of the montages. Bernie has the best catfish picture ever. <laughs> Phil, you cracked me up. Thank you. No, thank you, Katia, for being here. I want to buy a Subaru after watching this. I shazam this song in case you want to torture yourself. It's if we, it's all we ever wanted was everything. 
<laughs> oh, God. I don't want to hear about that. Tyree Dad, Phil reads everything you say. The faces on Phil and Joe's face. The, the faces Phil and Joe are priceless. It's fucking priceless. Uh, dear Phil, it is never okay to be a fanboy. It is. I can't believe Joe's still alive, says Bernie. Uh, Bernie is. Get Joe. Get someone. Get Joe some cocaine. <laughs> Poor Joe. Tom, I paid top dollar for this pick. I need to get Joe. Better call Jason. Uh oh. Jason Voorhees is in here. So no one have any sex. Jason Voorhees will have to kill you, and he can't help it. It's it's on command. <laughs> it's on command. You have sex, Jason kills you. Okay, so we come back in and we hear the TV mobs argue. Not if we have guns, too. Hey, hey, you guys. Come on now, you guys. Come on. Rabble, 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 rabble. And Carol tries to mitigate the situation, but shit's gone bad. And Daryl's back, and he's like, listen, shut up. I don't care who killed Justin. He was a fucking asshole. No one even knew his name. Fuck Justin. He was a dick. And useless dude with an axe is like, maybe it was both of you. This is where we get into some really cheesy lines here. Just listen back to this dialogue. Whether this is fun or not, some of this dialogue is painful. Let's listen back. We're gonna find out who did this. We're gonna make sure it never happens to us again, all right? Us. You're not one of us anymore. Us means all of us. <laughs> Go shovel that horse shit to whoever killed Justin. I thought you were supposed to be our leader. Enough. Turn around, all of you. No can do, see? No can do'sville. You go ahead and yank that Roscoe, pop me right here. It's better than worrying about getting it in the back. We don't want this. Hey, we just need to protect ourselves. No guns. Because you're the one who took out Joe. Oh, and what I meant is, then I, mi I missed the line in there, but there's one point of dialogue where. He goes, I think, I think you killed him. Or I think, uh, and then maybe it was you too. Maybe it was both of you. It, it just gets really cheesy. And then, yeah. and then, uh, pretty boy savior guy comes up. He's like, can we get some guns? And Rick barks, Rick rolls in right before everything stops. Rick just got perfect timing, stops the fight. And Rick barks some orders and everyone dissipates. And the dude, the other dude goes, can I get some guns? Rick asks Gabriel about Jadis and where she's been and to watch her. Gabriel covers for her with no questions. Did Gabriel, Gabriel do the right thing covering for her, covering for him here, covering for Jadis here, Joe? Or should he have just immediately been like, come on, dude, give me a fucking break. Yeah. The, why would he? She blew me. So I'm going to say she was with me all night long. She didn't go kill this dude. Joe, it landed on, by the way, our super chat donation. We just got another super chat donation for, Holy shit, a $20 Super Chat Nation. Thank you so much, Liana. That means so much, and you will get two spins of the wheel for that. Our spin of the wheel from Big Kev, Joe, landed on Joe character impression. Joe, give us your best uh, uh, <laughs> Jadis impression from last season. Do you remember the Jadis talk? Give us, give us uh, a... I'll give you my best Jadis impression from this season. Do it. Oh, Joe, Joe. Oh, Joe. Bless me, Father Five. Joe, Joe. Oh, oh. Oh, Joe. Oh, my go. God. There you go, Big Kev. 
That's what you want to be. No. Leanna, thank you so much for that super chat donation. It means seriously more than you fucking know. Let's spin that wheel for you. Spin the fucking wheel. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> I love how you're healthy enough to give us character impressions. Number one. Oh, fuck. Yes, review commentary of your choice. Leanna Finn, email me at igetissuesman at gmail.com. You have a topic you want Joe and I to do a podcast on? Give me the topic. Email me at igetissuesman at gmail.com. We've got two coming up very soon. A review of Child's Play, the first one coming up, and also a review of Plain Strains and Automobiles coming up. So, uh, Leanna, let me know. Is a movie, a topic, anything you want? Uh, email me at igetissuesman at gmail.com and let me know what you want me to do. And let me spin the wheel one more time for you. And here we go. Bam. Quite an impression, Joe, people say. <laughs> people like it, Joe. You, you, Joe character impressions is a popular one. So the next one landed on. Oh, so wherever you are, whatever you're drinking, everyone pick up your drink and take a, take a sip of your drink. Everybody drink. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> uh. Good, Leanna. I need a I need a kick in the butt to do Game of Thrones stuff. So uh, if, you, if you have a specific Game of Thrones uh, topic you want want Joe and I to do, get uh, definitely request it, and we will we will make it happen. So uh, so yes. So uh, so b- by by love the wheel, I have to do it. So please, congrats to my boy Mike for killing his way to eighty million dollars at the box office. Not bad for a sixty one year old dude. Says Jason Voorhees. Uh, Mike Myers. Yeah, hopefully you can have your comeback too at some point in time. I know Corey Feldman's been wanting to do a uh, a remake or a a continuation, ignoring everything past four uh, with you back in. And I don't know if you and Corey can figure something out, Jason. But we'll talk about that at some other point in time. So. <laughs> Oh, we got Lola in the live chat too and broke blackman 94 you guys are fucking amazing good to see both of you guys um okay so everyone take a shot hopefully you will be oh <laughs> boy, good question what did chalk boy ask <laughs> who, who do i go see as my doctor <laughs> oh J- joe goes and sees enid of course J- he jss herschel, herschel what the child or herschel the old <laughs> i think her I think Herschel the child, of course, because uh, no, 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 uh, Herschel the doctor. Who, who, uh, Herschel, uh, the real Herschel, the real, the big Herschel, big Herschel, before the injury. Denise is who I'd want to go see. What? Oh, the hilltop doctor from before. I, I, they killed him. <laughs> they killed. You said it like you're. I know you weren't really. You're just sick, yeah. but your voice was breaking apart. Like you're really getting broken up about it. And they and they killed the doctor too. I'm still waiting for my data versus. I wouldn't have even gone. I would have felt this, and I would have been like, "Bitches, give me some penicillin right now." (laughs) I've been through this before. I know exactly what this is. Santovia, I I have not forgotten about your data versus lore episode. I've been trying to find the right co-host for that, but uh, but that is coming at some point in time. I think Joe will probably do that. End up doing that with me because we're gonna do a rewatch of Next Generation once we move into the new location. And uh, and so we'll have an opportunity to do some more Star Trek stuff. We want to do a lot of Trek stuff leading up to Picard when that comes out next year. And also, I'll be doing Discovery again this season, and Joe will be joining me occasionally for episodes of that as he can watch that. And of course, the Orville again. So we'll we'll be doing uh, we'll be doing a lot of Trekky kind of stuff as time goes on. Uh, so anyways, so pretty boy asked for no gu- more guns and no. So we go to Daryl sharpening a blade and Rick comes over to him. And this is the scene that Joe was most got the Joe stupid award for the night. Let's listen to a few seconds of it. Let's listen to a few seconds of it. 
Justin. Looks like a puncture. I wondered if it could be for a knife. Dworkin, I gotta get you, uh, or who's Dworkin? I don't know who Dworkin is. Dwarf Burger. I gotta get you on some uh, on some Star Trek stuff. That's one of the things that uh, you you might be you might have some fun with that Data Lore episode. But it's small, round, and clean. Smaller and cleaner. And a bullet hole kind of looks like an arrow hit him or a bolt. Just kind of shit you used to do when I had to. Do you think he's talking about being a cop? Mm-hmm. You really think I did it? No. But others do. So I'm making sure. If I'd have killed him, I'd have killed him in plain sight. Mm-hmm. I don't know who it is. Thank you, Dick Taka. So do you. Bringing all these people together. It's always going to happen. Oh, it's the right thing to do. The future belongs to all of us now. Why do they get this future? And Glenn don't. Or Abraham. Or Sasha. How many old characters can we say in one scene? All the people the kingdom lost. Hilltop. Oceanside. You ever think about what they want? What they do, if they could? Yeah, I do. I have. For a long time, I wanted it to, maybe more than anyone. But killing each other, when the world already belongs to the dead, it's not the way. Not anymore. It's not the way, Joe. And I agree with that to a point. Kill all the fuckers that did the wrong shit. That did the real bad shit. You know, not all the people that are in the Savior's groups. <clears throat> okay <laughs> uh, sorry joe uh, let's play a voicemail we have quickly here to to fill, to fill in the gap i think this might be from from uh from our buddy dig Tucker, maybe well i don't know maybe somebody else in the house order it i don't know uh i just know the, the pizza's got to be paid for <laughs> what <laughs> Look, the total is twenty six eighty one uh plus tip. You wanna try another credit card? You can pay cash one. I think someone ordered us a order. Look, your, your delivery driver is gonna be there, you know, he's gonna come soon. You gotta have the you sort it out with him, okay? The pizzas are not refundable. Uh oh, uh -oh. I think a I think someone ordered us a pizza. You've <laughs> just been pranked. Courtesy of prankowl.com. Fuck this! Someone, someone prank called us. Thank you, thank you so much. We want a pizza. I was excited for the pizza. I was gonna go run outside and go to the door and go. Where the fuck's my pizza? That caller has a great voice. <laughs> exactly, Joe says. Uh, Cadigan, and uh, I wish I sounded like that. I wish I sounded like that too. 
I sound like that, don't I? Yeah, Joe does now. Joe, you totally yeah, do. I that kind of radio voice right now. You do, you do. You say you sound beautiful, Joe. I want to run in the other room and get a beer, but I'm afraid to. I'm afraid to Garth you right now. It'll be it's beer. just gonna be. To- <laughs> I'm totally. Be- <laughs> You're like I'm not saying a word. I'll stay for the whole show if I only have to talk every 20 minutes. That's fine. So we go. To- <laughs> so uh, we go to Terrell sharpening his bread. So. So do you, do you think uh, Rick at any point in time really thought that Daryl did this or he just needed to check the box? I don't, I don't think he thought at any time Daryl would have done that. I just think he thought, wow, that's pretty weird. It looks like a bolt or an arrow hole. But, I, w- I want to get Daryl's take on this. Yeah, that's the way he should have come at it. Who else would have done this? Because I know it wasn't you. You would have fucking stabbed him in the face in front of everybody. You sound like Carl in his last episode. Says says Dwarf Burger. I'm I'm. All I can think about is pizza. I want some fucking pizza. Yeah, it was. It sounded a little bit like Rodney Dangerfield, Lindsay. I agree. Joe, could you? I'll bow. Could you be higher? I'll bow down to you. Okay, which one of you is calling in next? Is Amanda Cade? Definitely call in. If anyone does want to call in, you can always leave a voicemail at seven eight one nine nine zero eight five zero nine. Let us know what you thought of this episode, or if you just want to leave a message for some other time, you can call that line twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Leave us a message. Leave us a song. Leave us a silly rant. Leave us whatever you want to leave us. So, or just never, just never leave us. So we go off to the Walking Dead commercial with walkers taking selfies, the zombies in the selfie sticks. And what's amazing to me is that the commercials of the Walking Dead, it how seamlessly it flows from show to this commercial where we see these these zombies taking selfie photos. It's just it's such it's such a great couple of hours that AMC has going on right now for uh, it's it's, it's, it's such beautiful television. So we're back in and we hear we hear Rick on a walkie-talkie and Maggie, whose girl I can't whose name I can't remember right now, but the girl from Oceanside. Um, we hear Chatter and Maggie are going on and we listen to this shit. Some, we just hear some chatter on the radio as Rick leads the way. Rick leads the way. Clear. Three is clear. Grid four is clear. Grid five clear. We we see some cool visuals here. This is when the episode starts to get a little bit better. We see a burnt body in a car, and they see something. We see something in a house making some sounds, and and they decide that they have to st- stop this because it's going to attract more walkers. So Maggie gets the walkers, and the other girl gets the thing in the house, and Rick is on his way. This is one of the moments in the episode where I like – I don't dislike what happened here, but it's an interesting choice in this – passing over the torch thing that they're doing and to me it doesn't work because we were talking about this earlier i hear what joe's saying and i hear like the hope that the show could get better to a point where we get to characters that are almost disposable so anything can happen at any times and we can kind of show the might of the walkers but i don't i care a lot a lot about some of the characters that we've started this show with there's only four of them left there's only four of them left but i and two of them are going to be gone after the season but in this moment, in this scene, instead of following Maggie, we follow this other girl. And it's, it's just an interesting choice. We follow Maggie. Instead of watching Maggie kill any walkers, we follow this girl walking towards the house. It ends up And do the same stupid shit. She puts her weapon down. She yeah. goes to the most awkward place on the porch to reach it instead of just, like, pitchforking at it. 
I DVR The Walking Dead, so I skip the commercial censorship. Test, test the uh, <laughs> Tom. I have the live chat on, not the top chat blocker. I'm reading it because I have live chat, not a parental chat. Uh, Carol wasn't wasn't there from the beginning. F the fucking commercials. Maggie wasn't Maggie wasn't there from the beginning. No, Maggie wasn't there from the beginning. No, no, it was just Carol. Or from Darryl, that first group, but I mean, if you, it's uh, yeah, Rick and Glenn were the first two, or the or Rick and Morgan essentially were the first two that we see and then that other group from that first other group carol and rick and daryl are the only ones that are still there maggie came maggie came at the farm when she came in on the horse and stuff so yes hey joe i'm watching sargon of do a review of episode one of the season and he thought the walker scarecrow was good idea and daryl was being a dick <laughs> so what, what do you think of uh the walker scarecrow joe one more time what's your what's your opinion of what i think joe 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 is very clear on his uh on his thoughts on walker scarecrows <laughs> you can go there's hours of footage if you want to go back and, yeah. and listen to the tape with joe's feeling a little bit better he'll tell you more about it again because <laughs> it's not going to be the last time we see it so Maggie gets th- their attention and Ocean Sizers sneak up and we don't see Maggie kill the walkers. We follow the Ocean Sizer as she Let's call her Osha. Osha. Uh, she does have a name. Someone someone needs to someone needs to tell me the name. Nobody knows the name. I think I'm, I'm, I bet someone in the chat knows. The Nobody's name. ever known her name. She never <laughs> had one. She's just the Ocean Sizer. Ocean Sizer. Sider. Osha. Osha. Osha here. So Osha and Maggie come. So we follow Osha coming in the house and then the walkers come up the front door and they push instead of bite, but they push her down. And Maggie's like a killing machine with like one knife and hardly any motion. She kills a whole little mini horde here. And and uh, and she can barely get one, but they somehow get all of them. And Daryl comes and saves the day at the last minute, and she hurt her hand again. Rosita has one line and asks about Group Five, which were supposed to be there. And I forgot to mention that we see in the walk here in the walkie talkies that they're coming to meet them, so it's not a surprise when they show up. So it's there's no mystery here. But Group Five has disappeared. I don't know what any of that means, Atari Dad. Uh, <laughs> I'm beginning to think. They're going to give Rick the Carl treatment. You guys want to have a nice hair? I've seen someone say that Jadis will have Rick kidnapped, and that's how he'll go out. Oh, no. Oh, no. That would be bad. But we have – is she going to get Rick as Rick and A? I don't want to see Jadis get the best of Rick. No, she thought – she thought – what's his name? Was a B the whole time? Right. He's apparently an A. He's an A. So if he's an A, who else is an A? Is Rick's an A? Rick's got to be an A. Red shirt 35. Uh, she's too hot. I forgot I her name. Gonna have to kidnap a child at first. Says, uh, is our children A's or children B's? Uh, fandom says, uh, broke Blackman. Fandom D Saint says, uh, she's too hot. I forget her name. Uh, and I've seen someone's, I've seen uh, Murdoch Murdoch. Where was that? He randomly <laughs> review shit. Okay. So let's continue in here. Rosita asks, yeah, Rosita's there for a second. And then they find, find themselves and they're ambushed or something. And they find themselves, and the saviors are all dead, or they're all trapped, and some, and one of them is missing. They talk about the missing savior, and yeah, I'm sorry, I, I got a little messed up here in my notes right here. Ultimately, it leads up that one of the saviors is missing. One of them got kidnapped, and the, and then Jerry shows up there and asks what happens next. Oh no, they talk about what happens to the missing saviors. We sort of have a meeting of the minds so here. The saviors now. Not yet. I love Jerry. Do we bag him or do we rick him? Yeah. 
come morning, they will. She could be dead already. I'm sorry, I got lost a little bit here, but yeah, we have our little uh, little meeting where we get the line of the night. Figure out what happened. I want to listen to this. Just gonna hear this line. That happens, we won't finish the work before the water rises. We'll lose the bridge. Don't talk about the Dharma Initiative. Yo. And I want to go get a beer. I'll be right back. Say we nab the perp. Then what? Who decides what happens next? Is it, is it gonna be a Gregory or a Negan? Well, whoever it is, when the time comes, they'll get what they deserve. Pair up with someone you trust. We're out there till we find her. I knew it would be hard, but with all this... Okay, so then we set up what I think is the best section of the episode. I think that I think this works really well because we're dealing with two sets of characters that I actually give a shit about. We get Carol and Rick having some really cool a really cool scene. And then we get Daryl and Maggie. And I kind of like I I don't like how they broke down what Carol and Maggie Carol and Maggie what Maggie and Daryl were talking about at the end of the episode when they have them sort of flip-flopping it. I don't think they they should have made them a little bit more vague here and a little less, a little less more, a little less, A, we, we're just going to agree with what Rick says, but they seem to flip-flop a little bit as someone was mentioning in the chat, and I agree with that. But I do really like the Rick and Carol scene. I think they always have good stuff, and I think it brings out some of the better parts of both characters. So let's listen to a little bit of this as we get a little Carol and Rick. It'd be hard, but with all this... Should the saviors be a part of this? It's not your choice or mine. They just have to want it like the rest of us. But today, I saw it starting again, and I just wanted to pull that trigger. End it before it begins. Because if we don't find a route, we're going to have to... Phil, you fucking kind of asked Joe what hair conditioner he's using. Joe, what hair conditioner do you use? Whether we want it or not. No, I won't let it come to that. I can't. Oh, Jadis, uh, Jadis A Alpha B Beta. Maybe it's as simple as whether whether you're an Alpha character or a Beta character, because that's an interesting. Uh, it probably is that simple. Uh, I don't use conditioner ever. Joe never uses conditioner. Every day since I put Negan in that cell, I have this moment. Usually, right when I wake up, this feeling. Oh, uh, we're going quick tonight, so we might uh, we might have time for some relationship discussion after the sh after the show. We might have an after show here. I don't know if J Joe's probably not down for the after show, but I think we might have an after show. <laughs> Joe's not sure if he's making it through the whole regular show yet. Go down I'm there doing and kill my best. him. Uh, no, you're doing you're you're fucking you're doing a lot better than I would. <laughs> if I if I if I was if I was uh, if I was sick, I would not be doing this. So I uh, so I definitely appreciate it. We know we only have Joe limited times on The Walking Dead uh, this season because of because uh, of work commitments. It's not like something like Game of Thrones where he'll call out of call out of work for all six episodes. I would never do that for The Walking Dead. He's just not he's not going to do that for The Walking Dead. And uh, Tom says you're full of shit. How is 
it alpha to just go along with what someone says. Doesn't check out to me, says Atari Dad. The birds are loud. <laughs> Bernie, I love you, Bernie. Tim says, every day I want to get on The Walking Dead and kill Daryl. Lindsay says, I don't even know how I'm going to review episode three. This episode was such a clusterfuck. I don't even know what to, where to start. Uh, cyn cynical Lindsay, I had a similar feeling before going on this episode too, thinking about because there were some sections or some moments I enjoy, but still as a whole, I feel bad because I still think as a whole, it was kind of a clusterfuck. And it seems... Like, I can't truly judge this season of The Walking Dead until Rick's gone because that is a huge elephant in the room of the season. And I don't want Rick gone, but it is – they need to finish this story and then they're going to probably skip time again or maybe this is the impetus for something to actually happen this season to, that, that I'm going to care about. Uh, I no, think there'll be a second time jump. Yeah, you, I, That's what I'm thinking too, that there might be a second time jump after Rick dies. Six months later again or the third time jump. Who knows? Anyways, so uh, <laughs> you guys in the live chat is it always... wasn't that much of a clusterfuck. It was happy-go-lucky montage into murder mystery with the running theme of the Maggie or or Rick Rickin, Maggie and or Rickin, Rickin, or Rickin Gregory or Neganin, Rickin or Dickin, Joe. And it still makes no sense. Like even Rick wakes up every morning and wants to go kill him. Because he knows he should. There's no reason why this guy should be alive. Hitler gets put down. Mussolini gets strung up in the courtyard. And people get to spit on him and beat his body. To and death. Dwarf Burger says it's a good season already. He's and dead body. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bernie. But here we go. Let's listen to this one more time. Rick's dong. Norman Reedus's penis. It's a penis. It's a penis. It's a penis. Rick's dong. Norman Reedus's penis. It's a penis. It's a penis. It's a penis. <laughs> Thank you, Bernie, for that amazing, amazing song. So, uh, Lindsay says, there's a rumor there will be a five to seven year time jump coming on. Holy shit. Uh, Broke says, I honestly was shocking. We have commercials saying, watch the last episode to Rick Grimes. It's like, what the fuck? They pretty much spoil casuals who live under a rock. It's That's the thing, Broke. They want to make sure no matter what, everyone knows Rick's final two episodes. I think if they had any huge mistake in all of this, that's the biggest mistake. I think the best the best thing you have, in whether it's comedy, movies, television, I think is surprise. I think it's people not expecting what's going to happen. Sometimes it doesn't matter, and if something's so good and you know what's going to happen, it doesn't. It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't matter if if you know it or not. If it's effectively in the program, but I think something like The Walking Dead, one of its advantages is that sense of danger you have that anything can happen at any time. So, so I just. I wish in they didn't I wish it's hard to hide that Andrew Lincoln was leaving the show but I would have rather them be a little more coy with it and I'm sure they could have figured that out, figured out a way to not be quite open about hey Rick's leaving because it just to me seems like a cry out for ratings like final episodes Final episodes, Rick's final episodes. Make sure you tune in. Make sure you tune in. Get them while they last. Get them while they last. Yeah, Rick Grimes, two more times. Two more times. That's it. Joe would be one of the runaway saviors. Still Negan. Joe would be Negan. Come on. No. Joe would not be Negan. <clears throat> You'd be more... Uh, eh. 
<laughs> different different show, different topic. We'll 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 work that some other time where we compare people. So let's assume it's a five to six year time jump. Michonne will have the baby, and Judith will be like eleven. Joe will be. Uh, I should have been asking Birdie her hair conditioning. Yeah, you should ask Birdie that instead. I, yeah, I'm 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 very opinionated, and I can be very very uh brash, right? So I'd end up being like. Daryl, actually, I was and thinking more. Mer- I was thinking more Merle. Send me off into the woods. I was thinking you'd be more Merlish. No, because I'm not cruel. No, you're. It's true. You're not cruel. You're nice. You'd be, but maybe sh- maybe a little Shaneish at times. A little put. A little pushy. It. Shane. Yeah, I'm more Shaneish. Yeah, being like, get me into you know away from everybody. Yeah, you you. But uh, you would Shane-ish. you would have a little bit more, a little bit more uh, self understanding than Shane though. You 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 would be like, I got to get the fuck away from people because I'm I'm going crazy and probably go on your own and say fuck people and run off. But you would you would be probably a little bit more Shane. I thought Joe was about to just take his teeth out right there. <laughs> Nicholas, <laughs> check it back in. There was a there was a <laughs> still mine man. <laughs> there was this time I... I'm not that dead. I'm not that. I am not turning into a zombie. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> oh my goodness. A Joe Tatorship. Joe is T Dog. Uh, I thought Joe was gonna take his teeth out. Uh, Joe would just be Simon. Joe might be Joe might be Simon too. Phil and I use Pantene. I do use Pantene. It's beautiful. I didn't. I <laughs> hair discussion for later. I appreciate uh, Bernie's uh, Bernie's hair tips. By the way, I, th- I thank you, Bernie. I meant to thank you for that. So uh, they talk about the missing savior. Then we get Carol and Rick having this discussion. To keep going, finish them all. Okay. Yeah. This is where we get this. This doesn't make sense. Someone. Someone please explain to me what the fuck Rick is talking about here as we listen to Rick explain why he keeps Negan alive. In that moment, it's all I want. But then I remember everyone we've lost, not just to the saviors, but the whole way. And I know I need to honor them. to build life not not take it because it's us or the dead and every life counts now every life counts so why'd you kill a million foot soldiers why do you i I just doesn't make sense to me exactly so every life counts so keeping negan alive is important but yet you're keeping negan into a cell for the rest of his life so it's not really that important uh, to keep he's him already up. dead. He's already essentially dead and useless to the cause. If you're saying that you need him alive for the cause, but you don't need him alive for the cause. So you need him alive to show him how you're better than him and constantly feed your ego. So that's ultimately what it's all about. So fuck Rick, fuck your decision. I hope Maggie and Daryl succeed in killing Negan. Joe, do you, am I wrong in any of that? Like, oh. like, like give me a fucking break. I can't, Phil, I can't make sense of this. It's senseless. Stop, stop asking. <laughs> Phil, stop asking me. Atari uh, Dad asked a question about Luke Cage. Especially because I killed all those people trying to get to him. Uh, to answer your question about Luke Cage, Joe and I are going to be doing something for Daredevil Season 3 coming up. We were originally going to watch all 13 episodes in a row. We're probably not going to do that. We're probably going to do something with six episodes, six episodes, and then the final episode, do a do an in-person podcast. Yes, it will, cynical. <laughs> 
That's what makes me a super fan because I am holding out hope that it will survive without Rick. I want this show to be good again. All the shit that I talk, all the fucking problems I find with it. Huh? The war is over. So I don't think it'll be dead when, when Rick's gone. I think that's just cleaning up a fucking mess they should have dealt with a long time ago. So you think Rick should have been gone a long time ago, or you think... No, it's just cleaning up a... Like, oh, cleaning up the mess. It's starting from scratch. It's 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 having to having to just destroy the house. Reboot. Yeah, you have to do a complete complete reboot of the house, essentially. And they're rebooting the show to try to be something different here. And by next season, if Walking Dead still is on next season, which it probably will be at least for, for one more season after this, it will be a completely different kind of show. It will feel different and will be all characters you don't recognize minus Daryl and Carol. Well, they'll be like the only two characters that we, I, I don't see. Yeah, but I can see Carol going this season too. I think I could see Daryl being the only one left from our original crew eventually. And Negan. Carol's not going anywhere. This is her first fucking job. Like real, real acting job. She was like a teacher and shit before this. Something like that. And uh, an acting teacher, but so this is like this may or may not be it for her after this. Like she'll she'll get more jobs, but uh, this is this is this she'll same with Daryl. Like that, neither one of them wants to go anywhere. It's a job. It's paying the bills. And we go to our next scene with Maggie and Daryl. We talked about this a little bit. Just playing nice for Rick. I'm not sure. Yeah, me neither. Part of me wishes I could see things his way. Look forward and not back. Every time I look at Herschel, I think about how things could have been. And I can't let that go. Joe, would you watch... Oh, speaking of this scene with Maggie and Daryl, would you watch The Walking Dead with uh, Daryl as the lead? I dig Daryl. He's always been one of my favorite characters. Okay. I don't have to. I they turned him into a little what bit Rick's of a doing is right for the future. Bit, but <laughs> it's better for her show. So we get ultimately in the scene, we get Maggie and Daryl, or Ma- Maggie agreeing that she agrees with what Rick's trying to do here, and it's better for ha- Herschel in the long run. And it's cool. It's good to see, and I noted in my notes here, it's good to see Daryl and Maggie somewhat be sensible here. But ultimately, it doesn't last for long. And I agree with where their perspective goes to a certain extent. And it's an interesting thing to debate. So we go over to Anne. I mean, Jadis. I mean, Anne in the junkyard to bring uh, Freddy back to live, back alive with some dog piss. And she walks around looking for something to uh, something, some shit. And she opens up a box and she's got a little walkie talkie. And she calls out for the copter. And we hear this. It's Jada's. I know you're in range. I saw the helicopter last night. And she hears someone coming in or hears something coming. She doesn't think it's Is it you? you take them? No pickups, but the deal still stands. Will you have an A or a B? 
Me either. It's just me. I paid my share. You've been compensated. What will it take? An A. Okay, so what what's all this mean, Joe? So she is selling selling people to the helicopter people, and ultimately it's going to take an A to get her out of Dodge City and get her to be able to go to this new area. So that will be her in to get an A. So she's not she's given them a bunch of Bs before. So what's an A and a B? Let's think about this for a second. What what's the A and the B? We we, we had someone suggest that it's an alpha personality or beta personalities. I don't know if that makes perfect sense, but that's an interesting thought. Adult or child. Adult or child. So you think A is A is an adult and a B is a child? The other way around. So how is how is uh, how is Seth uh, how is Gabriel A A now? Because he's a child. Hmm. Do you... He didn't make the adult choice. Ah, okay. Fair, fair enough. So A's are people that aren't coming willingly, and B's are ones that are coming willingly. Oh, adult. So she was making a. Oh, right before she whacked him. Oh, you're gonna go turn me in? I thought you were an adult. Bam. You're okay. Okay, I thought it was. I thought it was the other way around. I'm gonna listen to it again. I thought she said, "I thought you were a B, but I guess you're an A." Yes. So. Uh, so J- Jadis can't decide if she wants to be good or bad to save her life. Could be a personality type, like an A or personality type. I notice how loud their background sound effects are. <laughs> Cynical, your mom. I remember your. Oh, hey, hey, Tom. Uh, well, A means anal. B means blowjob. Uh, Jadis can't decide if she wants to be good or bad to save her life. The new showrunner said there will be three major protagonists: Daryl, Michonne, and Carol. Seems like they're going to go with the Game of Thrones type vibe at this point. Just not focus on one person. So, uh, so let's listen to, so she has her little conversation here and then Father Gabriel shows up and confronts her. Did you do something to Justin? No. Then who were you talking to? Bring back Frank Darabont, save the walking dead. That could be interesting. But there's contractual court case bullshit going on that you'd never. I don't think Frank Darabont would come back if you fucking paid him a million, million fucking dollars. I mean, you probably he probably would do that. But I don't think AMC would pay him anything. They're like we've paid him enough. What did you do? Bad things, but not this. I stood for you. I care about you. Tell me the truth. Answer my questions. You traded people, yes? Yes. That's what you were going to do with me, with Rick. Yes. Why? For supplies. For my people. It didn't start that way. I appreciate the information dump for us. It just ended up there. But he already knows enough that he needs to get the hell out of there. I tried. You saw I tried. 
at Alexandria, but the first thing that goes wrong and they suspect me... Rick suspects me. And when those saviors came at me, everyone stood by. Except for you. Gabriel. Leave with me. What? And, and, and where? And... There's another place. We're <laughs> here. It's far from here, but if we go together, we can get there. It can be different for us. Yeah, for her people, they're all dead. Yeah, and that's a... Ugh, fucking Jadis. So the, I'm getting just to the end part here where I want to hear what she says. About this A. There's only one thing. Was she always going to turn him in at this point? Or could he have gone with her and ruled the universe as father and son? Is she being legitimate at the beginning here? Come come and come with me to the new place. The I think so. I think she's giving him an out here. You can't tell anyone. But if you can trust me and help me with one small part of the deal. <laughs> we can have a life like you can't imagine. Small part of the deal. What's the one small part of the deal? Help me kidnap somebody. Okay, so right here at this point, what do you say to the crazy person or whatever, the the person saying this to you in the middle of a junkyard when you're when you don't have a weapon out where it could or not be dangerous, where you overheard her talking about kidnapping people? Now you overheard her talking, what you know, what you've basically confronted her about. She's admitted to you they're kidnapping people. She's offered you to come with her, and she says, You're gonna come with me or not. You just have to keep a secret and do one thing for me. What is the smart thing to say in this fucking moment? The smart thing to say is, of course, I'm with you. I don't like this, but we have a connection. I'm with you. You know, you can't can't go all the way with it, but you ultimately act somewhat positive. You try to play it off there. Instead, he goes. He goes. Whatever this is, I can't do it. I have to tell Rick. You can't choose me instead. Not like this. You big dummy. And all this time, I thought you were a bee. And then she knocks him out and gives him brain damage if he's actually knocked out. But, okay, so you think that you were saying child, uh, an adult, a child. Any other thoughts on when A and B can be? It's probably personality type of some kind. Uh, At first I thought it was going to be child or adult. Yeah, but the way she says it where I thought you were a B and <clears throat> now I guess you're an A makes it makes it seem like it's more maybe some sort of a personality kind of thing but we will see gabriel is gabriel is just brilliant like that said Sintovia. that's the savior's attitude you're missing the point says dwarf like every time phil says ultimately i drink well ultimately tom ultimately 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 you need to uh <laughs> oh my goodness great to have you in the live chat tom I normally change my name every two years, Tom. Oh, okay. Well, Tom and Broker ha are ultimately having a conversation. 
Okay, so then we get back to anime jazz. Okay, so then our next scene is Rick and Kara walking through the woods as we hear the faint sounds of zombies. We see Kara walking through as she gets her weapon out, and we see a savior is being a fake walker and to lure her in there, tricking Carol. And they're suddenly in a RoboCop-like situation with Carol being held at knife point to the savior while Rick tries to talk him out of it. And we get into this life. Life means a lot. And life is life. Ain't that right, boss lady? You killed the others? Huh? Is that what you think? Shit, man, you got no damn clue. We're not killing anybody unless we have to. This? This is about the guns. And seeing as how we're being hunted and all, maybe it won't come as a big bombshell that we're vamoosing out of your little pet project. We don't need a babysitter. We just need a little protection for our trip home. It doesn't have to be this way. Hey, Ronnie, welcome to the live chat. Time is up. Toss DJ your gun. We'll let you walk, and we'll be on our merry way. So at this point in time, you kind of see Carol pick up a knife out of her pocket, and I like when they occasionally can let Carol be Carol. They have to nerf her a lot because they've set her up as such an incredible badass at epic proportion, Rambo-like, when she took out all those people, like one person taken out, what it was like 10 guys or something, 20 guys, when she saved all of them herself. So they've set up that Carol is the toughest individual out there, but she knows how to play her role really well. I'm not always a fan of all they choose to do with her character, but I think ultimately there I go. I think if I look at the series as a whole, she's probably beginning to end my favorite character. I, I like her arc. I like the way she came, came to begin the end. I like the uh, look at the flowers and I think she peaked at a certain point in time and they haven't quite figured out what to do with her in this back half of the series in these two seasons because she's too powerful. So they have to find ways to have her have these moral quandaries with Morgan. But to put it all together, she is still, I think, one of the most developed characters that they have on the show. We've seen her go through the most change, go through the most kind of most ups and downs of some characters that we have Whereas someone like Daryl or Rick, Rick's had a lot of motion in his character as well, but he's Rick Grimes, and you ultimately know it's Rick Grimes. I mean, he's had his talking to uh, Lori hallucination time, his farmer Rick phases, but for the most part, Rick Grimes is Rick Grimes. And Daryl as well has been pretty, pretty steady as a character. But Carol is always somewhat changing, and I think it's, uh, I appreciate Carol a lot. Uh, here and there and I think she's she I liked her scenes in this episode and I and I uh and I like her in this moment getting ready to kill this guy and looking at Rick like don't worry just giving the non-verbal communication in this scene was great between Rick and Carol where Rick does never worried he was like never worried and then he's 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 not he's begging for this guy's life he's like listen dude you don't realize who you who you have grab who you're grabbing right now you're so dead so soon and Carol of course stabs this dude and and I and I I, I generally enjoyed this scene Joe this was one of my favorite scenes of the scenes of the episode 
Veronica, can you quit? Veronica, can you quit stealing my friends? I can't wait till they bring Shane's ghost back. We might see Shane in the next two episodes. I, w I would definitely hope. Is there some Riverdale talk going on in the live chat right now? I don't want to get into that. So our final scene of the episode is, and I could play a little audio of that, but I'll, we'll wrap things up here as uh, as Rick and Carol in the woods have some fun. Over and over, I heard you yapping about how every life counts, and man, I got to tell you, I'm right there with you. But if you don't give up that gun, her life ain't gonna count for shit for too much longer. You do this, there's no going back. Everything we're doing, it ends. Ended with Justin. No, I hear you, Tim. Tim says, I'm really kind of done with Carol. She's just too OP. And that's the problem. It's the Peter Petrelli thing. You make Peter Petrelli too powerful. And I know Heroes, I've mentioned Heroes way too much, way more than I should. It should be a forgotten about show sometimes. But it isn't for me. And I think still think that first season is, is some really good television. And they made ultimately on the show Peter Petrelli too powerful. And they gave him all these powers and being able to do all of this. So it comes down to not knowing what to do with the character when they become too powerful. So they have to nerf him by taking away his powers and then giving him an ability that he can only do one thing at a time instead of doing all the powers at the same time to make him to make him fit into a little bit of a box. With Carol, they they led her up to a point where they made her so dominant as a force in the Walking Dead universe, so perfect in this world, essentially, knowing how to do the right thing in the right moment, even when it hurts, like killing those kids. As horrible as it says to just say, yeah, killing those kids was the best thing ever on television. But it was really good TV because TV doesn't often do something like that and have Carol make that decision so swiftly to know what she has to do was great. And I understand that afterwards you have to deal with feelings for stuff like that. But I, I don't think that was right. I think the, what you needed to do was just show that Carol is, is this super force. But you don't, where do you go from there? The only place to go is to have her have Superman uh, fall in love with Lois and Lane and have to excuse me, beg his mother to take his powers away. That's the only thing you can do or Superman's going to beat up the three bad guys pretty easily. You need to you need to make your hero weak somehow. And they've made Carol weak at times. And I appreciate the moments where they show what she can do again. But I, I see what you're saying, Tim. It's kind of tough because she is super OP. And it's like, what do you do with her character right now when she's essentially an unstoppable force? But. I know. Let's have her break down again and leave. What was that, Joe? <laughs> let's have her break down again and leave oh and leave yeah let's have her break down again and leave yeah sorry i just did, i did, i honestly didn't hear you i know it's so tough to make you repeat yourself twice in a state like this but i i did know it again i hope everyone can appreciate and give joe a fucking cheers for uh making it this far in the podcast i did not expect joe to last this long and i really do appreciate him him alive it's it's this this podcast is brought to you by Benadryl. When you're Joe Dirty Locks and you have strep throat. Uh, penicillin. Oh, sorry. Penicillin. Make sure you get penicillin. Penicillin. Penicillin right in your bum. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so our final scene of the episode, Joe. We're in our final fucking scene, Joe. And then and then and then we're done here with the Walking. De- You're done with the Walking Dead for two weeks. And the next time you have to talk about this show is Rick Grimes' final episode. So here we go. Uh, she explains. Oh, okay. So then Daryl and Maggie stumble across a few of the Oceanside ladies have that have a rat at gunpoint. It's explained that Justin killed Beatrice's husband. Rat killed Clyde's brother. Cynthia explains that Arit smiled when she killed him and says that they went along with Rick's stuff because they thought they had to until Maggie executed Gregory and showed them the way. So they started fucking up saviors. Now, Arit, they... Arit begs Daryl to help her. She's like, help him. I've changed. I've changed. I've changed. I swear I've changed. But Maggie's not having any of it. Eventually, Maggie and Daryl both are like, what did you say? Did you laugh when you did that? Were you like the mountain that took enjoyment killing those Martell kids? Is that what you did? Say her name. And then there's a little bit of that. Like, say her name. Say her fucking name. And that girl that we couldn't figure out her name, Joe, I got her name in this scene. Her name is Cindy. That's Osha? No, Osha's name is Cindy, yes. Yes, we figured we I, we figured out Osha's name. Ocean Cider. Is uh is her name is Cindy. So they start picking off saviors. So she begs Arit begs Daryl to help, and Arit tells him that uh she's begging for her life, and they finally say, What did you say? What did you say as you killed those Martell kids? And she says, I said no exceptions. And Maggie and Daryl say, Fuck this. And we get prob a really awesome shot. I gotta give the Walking Dead credit here. When they when they do something really awesome, I'll get out television awesome, I'll give it perfect credit. The the visual shot of Maggie and Daryl walking away in the background where you see them see uh them her stabbing the dude, uh, stabbing the chick in the head. That was a very awesome shot. That visually was really cool. And what I love tracking shots like that where someone's coming towards the screen and stuff's happening on in the background. It's something that uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off did it well. Now, a, lot of, a lot of comedies in the 80s did it well with just uh, Karate Kid did it really well too with the scene where daniel son and his mom were talking in the restaurant. You can see the Cobra Kai kids watching them in the restaurant in the background and then running off. I like when stuff's happening in the foreground of a shot and something's happening in the background too. So I thought this was a good visual, good, good photographed well, shot well, good scene. I like Maggie and Daryl being cold-blooded here, Joe. Good scene, right? Yes. Yeah. Best scene of the episode. Best scene. Phil, if this live stream. Uh, not the same thing, little girl. There's a difference. But have at it. <laughs> Joe's best. deserves your justice. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the same thing, but definitely deserves the justice. Uh, <laughs> Tom says, Phil. Joe says, uh, this is how I know Joe is uh, my friend because he's doing this episode. Joe sounds like me at night, 7 a.m. I should take cues from Joe and start eating a sandwich before watching The Walking Dead, says Lindsay. Katie says penicillin. There's a manga series called JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. In one story arc, the main character was a guy with the ability to summon a mold that could eat people's flesh. Ooh. Atari said the author had to write himself out of the story just to leave. Joe, you got a hot wife. Why do you let Phil put you through this shit? Phil, oh my God. Tense read. Oh, sorry, I'm cutting it in conversation. Jojo is bizarre. Says Jojo bizarre is awesome. Says broke. And let's scroll down a little bit. Karate Kid did nothing right. Karate Kid sucked. Says says Tim Gersh. And uh, 
I'm not going to get into my Cobra Kai love right here. So then we go into the end of the episode as all the saviors leave right in front of Rick and Maggie and and Maggie and Daryl decide that they did the right thing and they gave Rick's chance away. But fuck that. Yeah, we're doing we're doing things our own way. Cindy said I shouted away. She did the same thing for me. You <laughs> gave Rick's made chance. It's time to see naked. Are you excited, Joe? Are you excited to see Negan? No, it's just it's been a year. Are you ready to see Negan? Do you miss Negan at all? Let's let's get. No. You don't miss Negan even a little bit. You, you don't miss. The only Joe. thing I miss about Negan is not getting to see him die. <laughs> will we get to see Negan die on the show at some point? Will Will Maggie? Will I'm Maggie? Hoping, I'm hoping that this is just a big. Could we be wrong? Uh, could we be wrong in in about Jeffrey D. Morgan about Negan ultimately becoming the star of the show? Yes. And could yes. could Maggie actually kill Negan in this next episode? Yes. Could it happen, Joe? Yes. Oh, uh, would you be happy? Would would that would The Walking Dead make you happy if they killed Negan in the next episode? In the next two. Yeah, if Rick's episode, Rick's last episode was also Negan's last episode, would would uh, The Walking Dead gains get get some points from you? No. I want Rick to live longer than Negan. At least, a, <laughs> at least a minute longer than Negan. Like they better not kill each other. That's all I know. <laughs> Fuck Rick. We're our own bosses. Phil, the music. It, it needed to happen. Joe, you're not going to be with us for two weeks. Do you think that in the I guess this is my final question for you and then I and then I will let you go. Do you think that whatever happens to Rick is going to happen in the next episode and then we get an episode of him dying cuz I tend to say think that Rick I just want to talk a little bit more about how Rick Grimes gets off this show. Okay, first question, do you think Rick dies or doesn't die? Uh he dies. Does he get bit by a zombie or is it a human that kills him? I say zombie. I say a walker. A walker gets him. Uh, this is what I say. And then you can tell me if I'm fo- foolish or how much you agree or disagree. I think somehow Rick gets bit in the next episode and or gets fucked up in the next episode and somehow gets gets to a almost dead state. And then episode five is a Rick dying episode. We get a whole episode of him dying, having visions and shit like that. That's where Shane's going to come back and we're going to see shit like that. So I think Uh, he's going to get shot. You think he's going to get shot? (coughs) Interesting. The savior does it. Maggie does it. Friendly fire. Jadis. He steps in front of the bullet. To kill Negan. And and his last words are, Carl would want it this way. So, okay. This is Joe Dirty Lock. Joe very rarely makes predictions for things. So, Joe's prediction here for the Rick death is that he steps in front of a bullet meant for Negan. Very, do you know what, Joe? 
you could be right. You could be right. That's kind of genius. I te- I'm going with the Walker bite, and then we get an episode of Rick dreaming and having emotional connection of of uh, having thoughts of his back. I think either way we get that the next. Either way, I think whatever happens to Rick is going to happen next week. I don't know. I tend to, I tend to think it's uh, or maybe it won't. Maybe it will, maybe it'll happen in episode five. I it's it's uh, I thought it was six episodes by the way. There. We're on episode what what episode was this? This was episode three, episode four, and then episode five. They say two more episodes with Rick Grimes. I thought it was six episodes. I guess it's five. Unless he's gonna be in a flashback sometime later in the season. Let's see. Anyone in the live chat have any thoughts about the way Rick Grimes would die? Or any last minute questions for Joe Dirty Locks before he goes and passes out, hopefully. Rick dies, see Shane's wife and Carl in the afterlife. Johnny Rico says Rick dies and that will make Maggie and Daryl change their evil ways and they will want peace. So in other words, they will do the Carl thing all over again, rehashing the same old scripts. Uh, sure. Some classic. We need one more classic, Shane. I can't handle Negan being the leader if he's going to monologue in every fucking scene. I had fucking there since over here. It needed it uh, just because I agree with you so damn much. In the comic, Maggie had him on a knee, knees begging to get killed, but she didn't. Negan is somewhere still alive in the comics. Rick, Rick, I think Ahmed said it perfect. Rick dies, sees Shane, wife, and Carl in the afterlife. I, I think for sure we get that. I don't know. Next week looks interesting. I have to admit, if I'm, I've been fooled by trailers before, but this was the first trailer of The Walking Dead in a while I've been excited to see. We see Rick and Daryl wrestling in the episode. We see Maggie packing up her shit like Commando, getting ready to charge the castle to save Alyssa Milano, and I mean kill Negan. And it's it seems like a cool setup for an episode. If if the episode is Daryl distracting Rick while Maggie tries to kill Negan, I think that could be cool. That could be possibly interesting. We will see. Elias says, I think Rick is taken by the helicopter. He will not die. He will just be gone to possibly leave the opportunity for him to be open. Joe, you agree with that? I was thinking that a little bit. I don't know. It's hard for me. I wonder if they leave it that open-ended with him. I tend to think they would kill him, but but uh, I don't know. That would be interesting if they if they did something like Gives that. Gives him the opportunity to come back if he wants because he's not leaving on bad terms. No, no, no. He's he's leaving on very good terms. Very good terms. I think everybody. I think everyone's freaking happy. Maybe Cadigate, he could get stabbed by a whisper, possibly. Rick dies Rick dies and will make Maggie and Daryl change the easy way. We already did that. The dude dies in his sleep after having sex with Michonne, making her have another romantic making her never have another romantic love in the show, which makes her hop onto the helicopter to Wakanda. <laughs> I think I think you might be onto something broke. Uh so Joe, any last minute comments about the Walking Dead? Season nine, episode three. No, no, no. Any? Are you? Do you have any high hopes for Rick Grimes' final two episodes? Considering, considering liking part of this episode a little bit. No. No. Do you think you liked part of this episode because you're sick? If you weren't sick, would you be ranting more about this episode? Yes. Yes. We've got a kinder, gentler Joe, thanks to strep throat. So. I can't talk really. Every time I talk, it takes me. Longer to recover from it. So, 
So playing this just isn't fun tonight. Shut the fuck up, Joe. It's like, okay, I'll, t- I'll totally shut the fuck up, Joe. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> anytime, anytime you want, I'll shut the fuck up, Joe. Uh, Phil, when do you know it's time? It's time to stop drinking. When I start passing out. <laughs> am I a happy drunk or am I a mean drunk, Joe? Am I a happy drunk or am I a mean drunk? I'm a happy drunk, right? Yeah, I'm a happy, happy drunk. drunk. Happy drunk. I can occasionally we have mean drunk friends. We do have mean drunk friends, and I'm not, and I'm definitely not a mean drunk. I I have days or moods. If you drink when you're in a mean mood, it can enhance it. But I think in general, my if you if I had to define myself as a drunk, I'm a happy drunk. Joe's a happy drunk too. Uh, we do have some very good friends, not just one that we always talk about. We have a few friends that are really angry drunks. So. Fucked up drunks. Fucked up drunks. Yeah. Fucked up. I don't ang- know if I call them angry so much as like destructive. Right, destructive drunks. But we do also have some angry. I I know some angry drunks too. Uh, <laughs> in our in our past, we've 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 been friends with some angry people. Uh, Cad says, ooch, strep throat, Joe. Sorry. Hope you get better soon. Everyone, uh, Phil is just an asshole drunk. I would agree with that. My assholeness comes out more when I'm drunk. It's true. Oh. You don't think so? You think I'm more of a sober, uh, more of a sober asshole? <laughs> no, I agree with that, Joe. I, I think if, I think I tend to become nicer in general when I drink. I'm just I'm just an overall better person when I drink. I'm better to be around. So everybody, let's bid farewell to Joe Dirty Locks. Everybody, if you have it already and you enjoyed this video about The Walking Dead, please hit the like button, please hit the subscribe button. Share the channel with a friend. Give Joe some love. Thank you to our super chat donators. You guys have been awesome tonight. Why isn't everyone in The Walking Dead having crazy sex? They were last week. Last week was a sexy episode. Oh, oh yes. Joe, don't blame the sickness. You just love The Walking Dead. Admit it. I do love The Walking Dead. It's great. Please, everyone, take your screenshots so you can uh, put Joe in a lot. I wish, I wish Joe had a green screen right now so you could put Joe in a lot of different positions. Cheers to all you guys. Feel better, Joe, everyone in the live chat. You guys are awesome. I will try to be back later this week for something. Joe and I will be doing... Oh, I forgot to mention before. Let me let me cut, the, cut this music for a second. Cut this music. Announcement time. Announcement time. After show, after. After show, announcement time. Uh, Joe, feel free to leave if you want at any point in time. But Joe and I are going to be doing some... Joe is saying goodbye. Yeah. I'm saying goodbye. Joe is saying goodbye to everybody. Joe and I are going to be doing a a daredevil thing when Joe is a little bit feeling a little bit better. What we're going to be doing is on two separate occasions, we're going to be watching six episodes at a time. And after each episode, we're going to come on and do a very quick reaction to the episode. So we're going to watch an episode, come out here for a 20 15 to 20 minute podcast talking about that specific episode. Then we're going to go back and watch it. We're going to do six of those one day, six of those another day, and then one final one after the last episode. Because I think there's 13 episodes. It may take us a little while to figure out the logistics of this, but it is going to happen. And 
hopefully a lot of it will be dependent on Joe feeling better and seeing where Joe is health-wise. Oh, shit. Whoa, there's two of me? Fuck. Whoa. One looks like I've been smashed by some some tomatoes. Well, hey, weird random co-host guy. <laughs> let, let, let me get let me get this. Oh, there he is. I feel better now. So Joe and I will be watching all these episodes. It's been tough to hold off because I've heard relative good things, and I've been holding off spoilers, holding off watching anything about Daredevil quite yet. So this might take us a little while. Hopefully, we'll be able to get at least six of the episodes done this week at some point. Also. Some more stuff coming up soon as well. Uh, there'll be a Deep Space Nine documentary coming out soon. My cousin Gotti and I will be reviewing that. We're going to try to get a hold of it somehow this week, but we'll see how that works out. This week's another fucked up week. Between this and next month is a really messed up time-wise with going through a move, changing some jobs. I just started a couple of other side jobs, and I have to figure out how that all is going to work. Uh, surf that wave of poo so to speak and also started a new musical act of sorts so i'm figuring out a happy balance of a couple of things but once i move and we're setting into new space we'll get on a more basic regular schedule but the the daredevil stuff's going to happen way before that so expect that sometime in the next couple of weeks hopefully this week one this one six hour block this week and one six hour block next week I don't want to get Joe until he's feeling better. I don't want to make uh, sick Joe do that. <laughs> it's not that kind of party. So let me, uh, where is it? Let me, Joe and Phil. There we go. I'm back. Let's, can, let's jump in there. 15, 20 minute podcast is a lie. Broke, you may think that, but we're going to set a fucking alarm. We're going to get one of those egg timers and we're going to set 15 minutes on the podcast. And then have the ability to do five extra minutes. But we're going to really try to stay true to the to – the, to watch the episode, 15-minute podcast. We might even do some of them – it depends. If Joe comes here in person, we may do them from the phone in the, in the living room. But if uh, we do them from the podcast, we're just – we're going to even maybe put in – anyone who's ever set up the events – on the live streams we might even put an end time on them so we make them so we can only do them for 15 minutes <laughs> so now we're going to try to stay true to that the last one will not be a 15 minute podcast after the final episode it will be more of a season-wide reaction so that's the that's the goal the other option that we might do is watch six episodes talk about half the season then watch six episodes and talk about the other half of the season but we're going to really attempt this 20 minute thing We've been wanting to do this for one of these shows, and fuck it, we're gonna try it. It may we may give up after a while. Who knows? After the first three, we like fuck these twenty minute podcasts. But we're gonna at least attempt this experiment. So, uh, Phil, if you make a twenty minute podcast, I am unsubbing. T Tom, we will miss you, but please come back. Please still watch the videos, okay? You can unsub if you want, as long as you still jump in the live streams. That's all we care about. Uh, still say, and that we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Luke Cage and Iron Fist's cancellation when we start doing those reviews and the future of this Netflix universe, for good or for bad. And have you seen Tom? I, Tom, I appreciate what you're saying, but when you're talking about Daredevil, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Watch Daredevil season one and then troll. 
<laughs> like PG-13, my ass. <laughs> Daredevil. This ain't no arrow shit. <laughs> Daredevil is uh, pretty fucking graphic bullshit. But so, yeah. <laughs> Phil is the boy who cried 20-minute podcast. Yes, I am the boy that cried wolf podcasts. I'm going to do a Starks podcast. That's what I'm going to do. So, so yeah, that's what's up, upcoming pretty soon on the channel. Coming up in the next couple weeks. Also, next week, talking about The Walking Dead. I'll either be by myself or I will try to get a co-host for the show. We'll see what David's doing next week and see if he's available to join us. And if not, maybe we'll have a surprise guest. And then for Rick Grimes' final episode, episode 5, we will get Joe in on that. Then as we get into November, as I've mentioned before, I may have to pack up the studio and do one or two of the Walking Dead podcasts as phone podcasts, which aren't going to be, isn't going to be exceptionally fun. It will be noteless. I will turn on the camera right after the Walking Dead episode ends and just babble on the phone for a little bit right after the episode airs until we can get the new studio set up. So hopefully I will get that all set up relatively quick and we'll figure it all out. Thank you guys for being silly and I'll bring you guys in as much as possible. I'll bring you guys on the inside as much as possible as we set up the new area. Bam, bam, bam. Uh, get, uh, get Nick on the show, motherfucker. He love he loves the walking dead. Talking about Nick, uh, Nick Diaz. I'd love to have Nick Diaz back on talking about the walking dead again. Don't tease Phil. Oh, I'll tease. I'm a teasy all by myself. Get Nick. He's a hot chick guy. Phil, bring a car. I do want to bring Carmine on at some point in time. I um, I don't want to bring Carmine on to talk about The Walking Dead if I don't have to because I, I don't want to torture him like that. I, <laughs> I'll, Carmine's invited on anytime he wants to come on, but I, I'd rather get him on when we start talking about Game of Thrones again. If I if I force him to come here and talk about The Walking Dead, he'll he'll be like, I hate you forever. I don't want to fucking do that. If I make him watch a Walking Dead episode all the way through, <laughs> but I might be Carmine. I might do a Star Trek thing. I saw him post something recently about wanting to talk some Star Trek at some point. So that might be cool to talk to talk to him about some Trek. And Carmine will definitely be on the channel again once Game of Thrones shit starts poking about again. So, uh, <laughs> you guys are, you guys are awesome and I will definitely, I will be back next week with the walking, hopefully the walking David. And if not, we will find a secondary co-host and, and, uh, pop it in and also hopefully try to bring Tony back on for another walking dead review this season as well. Bring everyone we had last season back for this single reviews. It's just tough making someone that doesn't often watch The Walking Dead watch The Walking Dead. <laughs> like I'm like, oh, yeah, I know you don't watch this show, but watch it. It, it used to be a, that you could enjoy a single off episode, but now it's it's tough to to bring people that aren't kind of forcibly watching it to watch it. Phil, you're tired of answering my questions, but chick that's put out in the first date, how can I treat him? Tom, I can't understand what you're trying to ask, but ask your question again, motherfucker, and not answer. I'll give some end, end of the show relationship advice. And let's see. 
honestly, if anyone wants me to have anyone on the show to talk about The Walking Dead as a co- possible co-host on Joe Not Around Weeks, Cynthia, I saw you post that. I'd love to have you uh, at some point in time, too. That'd be great. I'm going to... I. I know The Walking David's been wanting to get on one of the last Rick Grimes episodes, so I'm going to give him first shot for the next episode. But Joe can only join me every every other week, so I would love to have some guests and some multiple guests come on as well, too. So, Cynthia, uh, we can definitely talk about that in the future and figure out a time to have you come on the show. So that'd be great. Uh, So, but... uh, but I definitely, as time goes on, every other week, if anyone has any suggestions for people that they want on, definitely let me know. Let them know, too, and tell them to get in touch with me. I would love to have any guest hosts that are watching the show that would uh, like to babble about it in any fashion. Joe, Even when Joe's on, we love to have people pop on in that, that have different opinions than us or the same opinion as us that love the show and can kind of argue with us and be like, the show's awesome. Stop being a dickhead. You know, we're we're we're. We're fine people calling us dickheads. <laughs> so we'll definitely happily accept some new faces in here to talk about The Walking Dead and get some new perspectives, new takes, or the same takes and get into our fucking uh, uh, that aren't feeling the show either. So uh, so this season we're going to try to keep up what we were doing last season with when Joe's not here in off weeks having guest hosts, even though I don't like to not have at least one podcast a week where I'm just babbling myself. Otherwise that's not fair. I'm, I'm horrible to guest hosts. If I don't have at least one podcast a week that I can talk myself because I talk a real fucking lot. I need to get this all out. So even now, right now I'm just, it's, it's the excess from having Joe on, even though Joe wasn't in hundred percent order. It's this excess babblery that no one in real life wants to hear. No one in, no one as a co-host wants to hear that. I just need to get the fuck out sometimes. So I appreciate a lone podcast, but not about The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead's always a show I'd rather talk about with other people. Plain and simple. There's some shows I don't mind talking about by myself, and it's kind of fun. But Walking Dead is a group activity, especially shitting on it. It's fun. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. I'm sorry, and I promise if you're on the air, I won't call you Cynthia, because I think I just called you Cynthia again. Cynthia Lindsay is what I keep calling you. <laughs> and make sure if you haven't, you check out Cynical Lindsay's channel and check out some of her stuff, her reactions and discussions about The Walking Dead too. Didn't you say you have to go, Phil? I need to go. I need to fucking, I need to go at some point. What time is it? It's 12. Uh, yeah, it's still early. It's still early. We've just hit the two hour point. No, I do need to go at some point. I was, I was wrapping things up. But... Tom had some relationship advice he needed to. So if anyone's here just to watch, listen to me talk about The Walking Dead, I'm sorry. The Walking Dead review is over. If you want to hear what we thought about The Walking Dead, you can rewind this. Please be kind and rewind. And check out Joe Dirty Locks playing sick tonight. (laughs) Very sick. I am a little drunky. I'm a drunky poo. Two beers and I'm done. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Ooh, motherfucker, motherfucker, motherfucker. I know I totally called you Cynthia. I it's just stuck it's stuck in my stuck in my brain. The name Cynthia for some reason. Every time I see the letter C Y at the beginning of a beginning of a name, my mind autocorrects to Cynthia. K Rich, you almost got me. <laughs> 
<laughs> K-Rich said, have you seen the Game of Thrones trailer? You almost, I paused for a second and my stomach dropped. I was like, did I, I missed it? Am I, th- I know I'm out of the Game of Thrones loop right now, but I missed it. <laughs> Fuck. But I like that. I feel like this off season of Game of Thrones, I'm ready to get back into it right now. Like I'm very much ready to get back into it. But I feel like I ruined some of my enjoyment for last season by being too into the season and the off season, if that makes sense. And that I'm not, I'm saying this is for me, not for anybody else, for me. For me, going into the final season, I want to be as empty as possible. I want to go in and watch it and react to each episode with as much empty perspective about what's to come as possible. And last season, I did not. (laughs) Last season, in between seasons, I I sought out, I was going to say sucked out, I sought out every possible spoiler I could read, Wanted to figure shit out for the most part. Wanted to, was looking for leak stuff. Wanted to read everything. I've been so good so far. It's it's kept me out of the loop of being able to discuss things as much as I want to discuss things. Or check out some of my favorite creators that I haven't been able to check out quite as much. Because people talk about leaks or they're just, op- it's just, you know, everyone, it's the thing. You know, everyone knows what's about to happen in, or in some ways or they have speculation, but. I've had to sort of stay away from that just because I'm trying to enjoy this as nakedly as possible. And you can take that any way you want to understand that. <laughs> I mean, I'm ready to kind of go shit in, go in. I'm ready for it. I mean, my body's been ready to for the show to come back for a while now. But I'm trying to do my best at that right now. And it's part of the reason why I haven't been talking about Game of Thrones as much as, po- as, much as I wanted to because I'm trying to... to f- free my empty my cup and then get it filled again when it comes back when I start seeing the seeing all the images of the new season and can kind of feel that exciting season coming feeling again that I maybe missed out on a little bit last season because I because I got a little bit too into it that being said because of getting into it and reading all that shit I was able to do that silly boat sex song because I knew that was scene was coming. So I wrote, wrote it way ahead of time. So it was ready for the last episode of the season to play the, to play the boat sex song. So there are, there are advantages, (laughs) but I'm glad that I've kept my, kept my head out of the loop right now. Phil, what's my favorite Friday, the 13th movie, my favorite Friday, the 13th movie would probably be Friday the 13th Part 4. Uh, I think it's one of the more gory ones when it comes down to it. I also like, what is it? The one where he fights the girl that has kinetic powers, where he fights Jean Grey. I like that one, too. My least favorite one is Jason Takes Manhattan. I fucking hate that movie. I'm, I've am i been much more of a Nightmare on Elm Street fan than a Friday the 13th fan when it comes down to it. Uh, that's my slasher movie movie series of choice would be the Nightmare on Elm Street series. It's not the Manhattan one because there's only like two minutes in Manhattan. So it should be Jason takes a boat. And it Like so much of that movie doesn't make sense. Crystal Lake's attached to an ocean. And then they couldn't even, I mean, maybe if that movie had done what it was supposed to do, what the original script had said, where they had Jason in Madison Square Garden, Jason in 
more in Times Square. They shot all the stuff Jason in Times Square, and they had all these other scenes with Jason on the on I think the George Washington Bridge, and they couldn't shoot them because they only had one day in Manhattan and they couldn't afford it. So they had a shoot shoot around, and they made most of that movie on the fucking boat. Jason X was is an underrated movie. That's it's very fun. <laughs> I say that, but if the first episode is leaked, I'm on that shit. Like July and okay, episode leaks are different. Old school critch. Episode leaks are different. If an episode leaks, I'd watch it. I'd watch if the whole season leaked right now. Like the episodes leaked. Even if the special effects weren't all rendered, I'd watch the shit out of that. What I mean more is reading the spoilers, reading the reading the the outlines of the season and some of the leaks of the images and the pictures that have leaked of people on set here and there and yada yada. All that sort of stuff is what I'm avoiding, what I didn't avoid last year. If the episode's leaked, I'm going to be looking week to week again for hopefully that someone leaks the HBO episodes and I'll be watching the shit out of those episodes partially for doing the show because I like recapping the show uh, writing the notes for the show I mean before I get to watch the episode live right before watching the episode that's the best thing that can happen if it's why some people that do recap type stuff the bigger press people the people that have like million subscribers or huge podcasts or like after buzz shit they probably get to watch the episode sometimes before because they get screeners and shit at least in some shows and they get to watch the episodes beforehand, take their notes, and then watch the episode live again, and then do their podcasts or their live streams. Fucking, fucking important fucks. A couple shows I got to do that with. <laughs> Long time ago when a galaxy far away. But I don't think HBO does screeners anymore for Game of Thrones anyway because of too many fucking leakers. Phil, I should spend more should I spend more time in supermarket lines to find true love? I know people say that supermarkets are good places to meet people, but I find that in-store pickups or in-store meets are difficult, especially if you're trying with clerks, but other people I mean, I think the best time to do that is when you're in line and you can talk to someone that's in line with you, but it's definitely very happenstance. You have to meet somebody that you have a kind of vibe with, and I think the most important thing in those circumstances first is the eye contact and developing the base of a connection, and then it's making the comment to the person and being like, hey, uh, what's going on? And make a funny comment, try to make the person laugh, and then if they're in front of you in line and they go ahead of you and you've made them laugh a couple times and, and smiled or you've seen them before in the store and you bump into them a couple of times, the second meeting is the time where you have to make the make the discussion. I know that's kind of creepy sometimes if you walk up to them in the car as you're walking out, hey, how's it going? You know, what's up? <laughs> but I, I'm, I've never been great at the at in-store connections like that. <laughs> it's, di- it's difficult. It's difficult. Daily Issues podcast coming soon. Call on in. I would love that. Daily daily issues. I mean, who knows? Same old place, same old weird freaking me being overconscious about going on every day. I think half the reason why I don't podcast every day is is um is I'm like, will I have enough to say? <laughs> would I would I be able to keep talking? Would I just be stupid? I mean, 
could I be more stupid than I already am? I think the answer to that question is no. I don't think there's an excuse why I shouldn't go on every day. And I think when I get into this new location, as long as I can kind of figure out my setup, I think I should put out nearly uh, daily-ish content sometimes. I mean, a lot of it might be live watches set up in a different kind of way because we might not be able to show the TV screen anymore because I'm getting flagged for that now, uh, through the, even through the mirror. So we, But I'm also going to have a couch in the new studio, so I'm going to be able to do a lot more live watches, maybe do some more video game streams some days as well too on the main channel. So a lot of stuff once we get into new locations going to change. Going to change. We're going to have a green screen room. So I'm going to make a few more green screen type videos and silly stuff and some silly songs because we're going to have a uh, a music studio set up down there as well. So we're going to have a cool new setup in the new area and hopefully open things up, bring a little bit more music discussion back into the show, some more Star Trek stuff. And I'm going to start podcasting so much you guys are going to be annoyed. <laughs> And yeah, there it is. And also, if you're ever in, I might start doing live trivia. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, in some bars local. So if you're ever in the Massachusetts area, I can tell you guys when I'll be doing live trivia, at least temporarily. Yes, everyone sit on Uncle Phil's ketchup couch. Oh, yeah. I could, I definitely agree with that, Tom. <laughs> More more stuff, more uh, more views. Phil, can we just go ahead and do an Oz podcast? I already did an Oz po podcast, believe it or not. It exists somewhere in the channel. But I could do more Oz, Oz podcasts. I think I should go back and do episodes. That's really what I need to do. I wish I could meet a chick walking my dog like Total Fate. I think, honestly, Tom, the best way to meet somebody is Total Fate. I mean, that's the most natural way of doing it. It's getting that lightning bolt eye contact thing. That's what I think. I sit on Uncle Phil's ketchup couch. So Broke wanted me to do a Riverdale discussion here. The, briefly about Riverdale, I will say that through what's it? Were we three episodes in this season of Riverdale? Uh, this is my favorite season. I liked season one a lot. Season two was a little bit of a fart blossom for me. Season three has been the right balance of stupid and entertainingly funny and over the top ridiculosity. I've I've been enjoying these first three episodes of this season. It's so stupid. It's so ridiculous. It's so unbelievable. <laughs> What's going on in my television when I'm watching this show sometimes that it get that I get past some of the cheesy aspects of it, which it is cheesy. Sometimes the show turns into glee. I can't explain why it happens sometimes, but sometimes Riverdale will just drop what it's doing and turn into glee. There was a moment in the last episode where they're at a prison. I'm not going to tell you why in case you don't want to be spoiled to Riverdale stuff. And suddenly the show turned into a living musical. And it's not the first time that's happened. Occasionally they just decide to do that. And now they're also doing this weird thing with this, oh God, the fucking, the, the, the villain choice of this season is uh, very, very goofily awesome. It's shut your brain off entertainment. It's, there's nothing tremendously good about it, but 
it's CW being fully CW in every possible way. If you like shows like Gossip Girl and The OC, you're going to like this show. So, uh, so yeah, I, I've been, I've been enjoying the season a great deal. <laughs> would kick all your dicks in trivia, says Amanda Kane. I would love to see that in slow motion over and over again. We've done trivia on the channel before, but more live in person here trivia. I've thought, I've definitely thought about it. There's so many great channels that have done trivia type competitions. I've thought about how we can do something cool with the audience here with trivia, but it'd be fun. Especially once I start doing some live trivia and some bars, some bar trivia, dude, it will, uh, maybe I'll try to take some of those questions and, and ask them to you guys, the audience, if that's, if that's, if that's all right and start experimenting with some trivia stuff here, but it should just be fun. I'm just looking for excuses to go in front of live audiences and babble really when it comes down to it. That's, that's what I want to do. I want to go to bars and talk to drunk people. <laughs> and then I also got a part-time day job as well. That's sort of an on-call position. So I won't be working every day, but on call on some mornings. So I will still have some mornings and afternoons to try to pick up some other shows. And then I have my a third job. So right now I will be ho currently balancing three jobs and the podcast right now. Hopefully I will, you know, find a bag of a lot of money <laughs> so I can stop doing the other three jobs and just do the podcast. But. We'll try to surf this fucking shitty wave with these three with the three jobs and balance it out. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun, fun little stretch here in this. Uh, once we move in the new studio and then surfing that duty wave, got a lot of cool podcasts coming up. A uh, data versus lore Star Trek one, as I mentioned, <laughs> that I keep having to do. A Deep Space Nine documentary podcast. We're gonna talk about that. We're gonna do another Sopranos podcast eventually before Matt moves. Also, a Child's Play podcast, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and the Daredevil stuff coming up. Thoughts on Jason Lee's filmography? I thought he was very good in Mallrats and Chasing Amy. I think Chasing Amy especially, he's exceptionally awesome. And I like him in Vanilla Sky to a certain extent. I think that movie's a little underrated. Can't be everyone's cup of tea, but I generally like this movie Vanilla Sky. But I don't think much of Jason Lee as an actor. I, I didn't necessarily love him in Almost Famous, but he was all right. I'm sure he's a was a was a good skateboarder. Yeah. What about My Name is Earl? I've never really watched all of My Name is Earl. It's something that's on my list to watch. Uh, for shows by Garcia, I forget his first name. Is it Greg Garcia? It's uh, I've all I've watched Raising Hope. And I definitely would want to do a podcast on Raising Hope at some point in time. I am thrown in the live motherfucking chat right now. Great to see you. New productivity video series, Multitasking with Phil. I'm going to try to multitask a little bit. How about this? Fast and Furious Chasing Amy. I would watch that series. I am thrown. I have not seen Red State yet. It's one of the Kevin Smith movies I have not seen. I haven't seen Red State. I haven't seen Cop Out. <laughs> yeah, Noma. <laughs> Ian. You from Boston? Talking about Noma Garcia Para? Fucking dude. You know some fucking Noma, dude? 
I know some fucking Noma. I need to see Flash season four, episode two. Totally forgot about it, but episode one was good. Episode two is decent. It sticks on with the same Flash thing. I'm not super feeling Flash this season, but I will say, for the first time in a long time, I will say that I enjoyed the first episode of... (laughs) I enjoyed an episode of Arrow, which is really rare. (laughs) I enjoyed the first episode back of Arrow. At least the Oliver part. Am I the only one that think that Chasing Amy has aged horribly? I haven't watched it in a long time. I used to... my, My thing with Chasing Amy was that... When I first saw Clerks, I became a huge Kevin Smith fan. And or and I haven't necessarily loved every single one of his movies, but when Clerks first came out, I was obs- not obsessed with it, but I really was into the movie. I liked it a lot. And I bought this book that had the script of Clerks. And it was I ended up getting the script right around the time Mallrats came out. At the time Mallrats came out, I didn't love it. I like it a lot better now as time goes on. But when it first came out, I wasn't a huge fan of it for whatever reason. I just didn't think it was as good as Clerks. I was a little bit of a snobby-ish about it. And then Chasing Amy came out. Or no, wait. Then I got this book that had the Clerks script. I remember buying it at like a Newberry Comics or some shit like that. And it had the Clerks script in it, but it also had Chasing Amy as a continuation like in the same universe kind of thing with Jay and Silent Bob and, and all that stuff. stuff. And I know they're in Mallrats as well, but. It's, uh, and I read the script and I really love the script. The movie is good, but I definitely dug the script even more than the movie. And the, the clerk script, what always shocked me about that. And some people know this, some people don't. Then the original script of clerks, Dante dies at the end. And one of the guys that he like kicks out of the store for buying cigarettes or something comes back later in the episode and shoots him and takes cigarettes or something. And they took out the original ending out. And I'm not, and I'm, maybe I'm a little drunk right now, so I, but I'm definitely not making that up. The movie, Tim? Suicide is painless. It goes for many changes. Joe would love to do a MASH podcast. I know he would do that. Phil's live chat makes me feel less bad about being drunk at a Sunday night when everyone else is worried about Mondays. Phil, do a mall, do a MASH podcast maybe one day, Tim. Tom says, I like Mallrats better. Once again, I'm biased because it was the first Kevin Smith movie. I say, Fair enough. And I think Mallrats is a good movie. And I think Mallrats has aged well. It's very funny. There's a lot of funny stuff to it. Just coming off Clerks at that moment right there, I wasn't as into it. And then when and then I got into Chasing Amy for a while. And for a while, that was my answer. I think the best part of Chasing Amy is the Jay and Silent Bob scene. And I think it's a lot of it has aged poorly, but that one scene when when Silent Bob finally talks, you know, the third third movie finally talks, he comes out and says, oh, you're chasing Amy, dude. I think it's some of the best on-screen stuff Kevin Smith does with that character. And I think that scene alone is worth the price of admission for that movie. But as a whole, I hear what you're saying. But I generally like all the... All the View Askew Universe movies. Uh, I don't necessarily love every one of Kevin Smith's movies. Excuse me. But I love all of those movies. Dogma is excellent. That might be my favorite of all of them. That might be my favorite. I love Dogma. Great great movie. Great stuff in that movie. Snoochie Boochies, motherfucker. 
So on Snoochie Boochies, I guess that's as good a time as any. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for checking out this podcast tonight and sticking with me for the after show. You guys are fucking amazing. I'll be back very soon, as sooner, soon as possible, unless Joe got, gave me strep throat because I was hanging out with him a couple of days ago. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see in the next day or two if I develop strep throat and I can, and I'll be talking like Joe in a podcast. I'm not as tough as Joe. If I have strep throat, there's no way I'm talking. I do a lot more talking per capita than Joe does, even when he's healthy. So, and <laughs> oh my goodness. And uh, what the fuck what was I going to say? I was going to say something, but I forget because I'm fucking drunkish. Drunkish. This should be a name of a show. Mm-mm-mm. But if you haven't already and you made it this far in this podcast, please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. And if you're listening to the audio version of this, please give us some iTunes ratings and some likes over there and share the podcast so many other people can find us. A lot more podcast stuff coming up in the future too. Thinking about doing a more, I don't know if it's going to be serious. I don't think I could do anything serious, but a different podcast under not a different, not even under a different name. Like I'm hiding it, but a little bit more uh, bi- biography kind of podcast thing coming up soon. So I will let you guys know when that ends up dropping or being it won't be a live thing. It will be a pre-recorded thing that will just be uploaded as a podcast. So you guys can make fun of me live. <laughs> we can play clips of that after the fact and, and make fun of how stupid I sound and shit like that. But no, I will keep you guys posted about that. Phil, no drinking beer through a straw. Listen, listen, I'll get to the drinking beer with a straw thing. One more, one last time about it. Okay. The drinking bear beer with a straw thing. I've accepted the embarrassment. In fact, when I go to bars now, I bring straws with me. I'm going to be one of those motherfuckers that comes with those like straws in a little bag and like brings a straw up. You guys don't really want to hear this shit, but I, I have a problem. I have a lip problem. Yeah, it's fucking disgusting. You don't want to hear it. I get these things called canker sores or... The plague, as some people call it. Yes, it's bobonic plague. I get canker sores. Very easy. I mean, if I even cut a lip or if I drink too much or if I eat food or burn my lip, like even a little bit, I mean even a fucking little bit, I'll get this fucking quarter size shit in my mouth that makes me talk and it hurts and I feel shitty and I'm angry and I'm even more of an asshole than everybody. I'm superstitious. Don Colion's a superstitious man. And I've learned over time, over especially the last couple of the last year or so, that if I drink other liquids besides water out of a straw and put it in them, stick it in my mouth past my lips, it avoids the lip contact. Therefore, avoiding the possibility and knock on fucking wood, it's been working so far. So whether it really works or not, or it's a placebo effect. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to take the bite of looking like an idiot, drinking beer through a straw, to be able to babble to you guys longer. So that's the truth of the matter of the whole thing. I got a lip injury that kept getting exacerbated. Is that a word? It's almost the word. (laughs) I can't quite say the word because of alcohol, and I'm just bad at pronouncing words in general. But you guys know the word I was trying to say there. That's 
Knowing's half the battle, right? So there you go. Mike, I should drink wine coolers. I am not afraid to drink wine coolers. They taste fucking delicious. I used to love Bacardi Breezers. Those things were fucking amazing. I know those aren't wine coolers, but the same fucking concept. I, I'm never afraid to go to a bar and drink a fruity drink because they're fucking amazing. Like, what the fuck? Why am I not going to I never understood that. Why, don't I, why do I not want to enjoy a delicious drink? They're fucking amazing. Phil's, con- Phil's Confessions, I've thought about that. Maybe titling it R- Real Life Issues, something like that. I don't know, I don't know what the fuck it's going to call. You are the nameinator over there, Iron Throne. I probably should should uh, should touch base with you to figure out the proper naming of this podcast. But I I would drink. You bring straws with you. Oh my god, it's so reassuring to admit that live. It's so uh, reassuring for you to admit that live. I, I I do. I bring straws with me. Sometimes I sneak out to the car and grab a straw, or I'll run up to the bar. I'll order a beer and then I'll run up to the bar. And you know how a lot of bars will have straws just kind of hanging out there right up in the front. And I'll like grab a straw and run back and shit. I I don't fucking fr- fuck that shit. Mm. I'll blow fucking bubbles with that shit, motherfucker. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Did I like Zima? Okay, Zima was all right. But the problem with Zima, for me anyways, was always that it was like liquid heartburn. The minute I drank it, a couple first couple sips would be all right, and then the heartburn takes over. Some drinks just do that to certain people. And it's it's like lighting a it's it's not maybe it's lighting a fire in my heart. <laughs> they do. I I actually saw on Shark Tank they were uh, advertising or not advertising. Someone was trying to get a deal on some straws. I uh, they they sell these glass straws. I that I that, I, that I'm going to be purchasing pretty soon. I can bring to different places and pop in on there. So what the fuck? I don't care. <laughs> So I guess I guess I should go one more time. Everybody have a good night. Finally for the last time. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys next time. Later. Here's a little uh, dick torture.
mouth, I hold my heart. I'm standing on Sam and legs spread apart. Care about the vine that is your line that used to be mine, so I drag it down the line. <laughs>